Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Recap, the Escapist Weekly Live show all about the latest and greatest in movies, TV, and streaming. This is episode number 11th for November 1st, 2022. My name is Marty Sleeve, and I'm joined by two people who earned just a little bit of flavor in their prison slurry, Darren Mooney and Nick Calandra. How are you guys doing? Well, I wasn't yeah, when I heard that. My favorite yeah. part of uh, recording the show is now coming up with what I'm going to say at the beginning. <laughs> That's topical to our things. Uh, welcome, everyone. We have a great show for you today. We're going to be going over the latest episode of Andor, uh, episode eight, uh, Narkina five, or uh, which was which. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. Another great episode. Andor. How do you do it? Yeah. How do you just keep making good episodes? I also just love that the planet of the Narks is called Narkina five. Oh, it's called <laughs> Listen, there's something beautiful about like how on the nose certain Star Wars things are. And I, I like that. I like the yeah. cigarettes are just called death sticks. I think that's great. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, as you can see uh, in our cover image and title, uh, we're going to be going over all the big stuff you have to look forward to to watch, both in movies and TV world, uh, for the rest of the year. And I'm going to cheat because we have a, a, a couple things right at the turn of the year that are going to be exciting as well. So if you thought just because uh, uh, dragons and, and rings were done that that we're not going to have anything to talk about, that's not true. Because we're going to have a shit ton to talk about, including, most importantly, Willow Week. Which begins on Friday, but then continues over the course of several weeks, and will go into next Let's month. And probably weeks, Willow weeks, Willow is week. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it's, it's it's fine, it's fine. Uh, yeah, and then we'll be talking about uh, stuff we've been watching. Darren's been checking out some movies. Uh, uh, both of us checked out a lot of Guillermo del Toro's uh, Cadman of Curiosities. Uh, I, I'm sure Nick had to have watched something. Dry, Dragonheart? I still haven't even caught up on Andor. <laughs> Nick! What are you doing? What I didn't do my it? homework. I'm sorry. What are we... <laughs> can, can we rewind here? This is maybe revealing how disconnected I am from the gaming side of things. Did you watch the uh, you know famous, is it Richard Gere and Sean Connery dragon movie from 1998? The dragon. I assume that's movie. what he watched. Did you watch yeah. Dragonheart? Uh, I, I, probably, I probably did at some point when I was a kid. If yeah, I watched that movie, I mean, if I watched Aragon, I probably watched Dragonheart. <laughs> well, you got, when you, which I still think it's amazing that you uh, willed Aragon into existence on streaming services. So, uh, do you know about do you know about Aragon, uh, Darren? Not no uh, Aragorn, the, Aragon, Aragon. No, the, the Christopher e books. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Christopher Poloni books. Never Palawini, Palawoni, I don't know. No, I'm familiar with the movie that existed sometime. I want to say 2006 ish. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a really good movie. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he does. It was something I, that's what Nick Nick's yeah, 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 uh, like, yeah. Well, so those that was book his series, uh, hot take. That was his hot dragon take. movies. Uh, that book series was written by like a 15 year old. <laughs> you know, it was even better uh, the video game. But this, so, this apparently, I'm sure you've seen this cover somewhere, Darren. Yeah, it's like one of the Shrek sequels, right? That does I'm look kidding. like I'm that kidding. Like I'm kidding. This is this is this is Donkey's second wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so anyways, <laughs> Nick is the only person I've heard bring that up, and and he owns the book. Obviously, he has a lot of love for it, and he was bringing it up on a bunch of podcasts, like on a bunch of uh, episodes of Breakout. And then one day they just announced <laughs> it's becoming a Disney Plus series. <laughs> so like. I don't know. Maybe he's got some sort of a power. Maybe we can use that power for Ooh. good and we can have you talk about things <laughs> we, we want to see made. Uh, but who knows? Maybe if Willow's good, some of that some of that sort of fantasy juju will get in. We'll get on uh, Aragon. 
That sounded weird. I don't I want to say that like that. Uh, now, now I want a good. I want. I want to will a good Halo show into existence. <laughs> yeah, you just shower yourselves. <laughs> uh, we'll let see. Me, maybe I'll get my book to pray to it. Hold on. Maybe uh, Halo and Rings of Power can both pull a pull a U turn in season two and 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 really impress us. As long as they don't go right. up against things that are just far. I, I got my Halo book. We're we're gonna pray to it now. Okay. I like how you didn't do your homework, but you brought a lot of props. Which, yeah. that, you know, my, my pro- whole shelf of props is behind me. Pro- props <laughs> to you for that. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I got I, I got one in before Darren did. So uh, if we, if we just end the game now, I won. Uh, and some housekeeping stuff before we start. Gugglop, thank you so much for joining Tip Jar, uh, and thank you everyone for your your incredible donations and your your patronage, uh, both of which are are uh, greatly appreciated. We're getting so close to that goal for uh, filming Adventures Night nice Season Three live on location in Milwaukee. Uh, next spring and then uh, yeah if you checked out yesterday we we hit the uh, next goal in uh, on Patreon and we started our Pulsar Lost Colony streams with Jack uh, Yahtzee and I our next goal we're creeping up on is for Darren to play Immortality so the Darren who's right here does, he hasn't played a video game since Space Invaders. That's probably not true no. <laughs> play well, we play Mario Kart every Christmas yeah we okay play there Mario you go Kart. Wait, someone was asking, have you played Metal Gear? Like, do you, do you know about any of this Metal Gear stuff or Kojima? Years and, years and years ago, I would have played, like, Metal Gear 2, I think, was on the old PlayStation. We were always a Nintendo family, was the problem. Gotcha. So we'd have to go gotcha. over to friends' houses and play, like, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of yeah. Liberty. Is it Sons yeah. of Liberty? I remember I things occasionally. Wow. I mean, I remember. Darren's, Darren's a game nerd. Confirmed. <laughs> so, this looks like a cardboard box. It's yeah. just a cardboard box. Yeah. Now, um, see, now we want to bring you on our streams of Casey. So Casey and I are streaming Metal Gear Solid 4, which is famously half cinematics. And okay. this episode we're doing on Thursday, there was literally like a 80-minute cutscene. So we're doing a two-hour stream, and 80 minutes of it is just going to be like us hanging out and watching. You know what? You, <laughs> should, well, you should bring Darren on. He can critique the film parts while you critique the game parts. Uh, that's, that's pretty good. Listen, Kojima <laughs> is a filmmaker. Oh, look, I mean, I, I'm familiar enough with Kojima in terms of just like he did. Is it Death Standing? The, the Death one that's trying to read it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. And As Mickelson and Norman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. He's like uh, he's obsessed with celebrities. Like he unveiled his new game, which is like it's starring like Al Fanning. No one knows what's going on. He doesn't say what the game is. It's just like starring my, my good friend Al Fanning. I mean, he is a great critic. I occasionally like interact and I don't interact with him, but I perceive him on Twitter. Oh, and he's it's like, great. yes. He's great. He's like, yeah, he's great. he launched a little podcast. And he had Jordan Peele on. He the podcast had a translator and it was really awkward because he was just complimenting how much he liked. Nope. And Jordan Peele was talking about how much he liked Metal Gear Solid, too. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is really nice. Like, This is fantastic. We need more of this. Um. So, yeah, I think you was very appealing, was it? Ah, shit. We're tied now. God. Uh, but since you since you brought it up earlier, though, I have not caught up on Andor. I haven't watched Tales of the <laughs> Jedi. Ooh. Did finish my nightclub. Okay. Okay. That's okay. where I'm at with my TV watching. And I watched hockey. Does, did you say okay. you did or didn't watch Tales of the Jedi? I did not yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I was very I excited. I was like, you sat on that. Yeah. I yeah. Like, yeah. I, um, I don't really, I don't really know what I, what have I been up to lately? <laughs> it's kind of, not know. as if we're in some sort of massive merger or anything. <laughs> we, <like that>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I've been, I've been watching the, the, the epic movie called paperwork. Mm, incredible movie yeah office space wonderful yeah. <laughs> uh so uh yeah darren you want to want to kick things off with uh the latest episode of andor episode eight narkina five which uh very much felt like uh, you even wrote a piece about it how it just feels like star wars is going back to its 70s roots which i kind of love like this feels like like 
you know, THX 1138 in terms of production design. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Like, the thing that I really like about Andor is that it is building out the Star Wars universe and that it's showing you parts of the Star Wars universe that you haven't seen on screen. Obviously, you have in the expanded universe, you've seen in comics, you've read in novels, you've played in video games, etc. But on screen, in live action, you haven't necessarily seen a lot of this stuff. And you certainly haven't seen it around the time of A New Hope. So we're talking about things like, you know, again, prison, quite literally prison. This is looking like it's going to be setting up a three-episode prison movie. And again, mm-hmm. very much in the style of a 70s prison movie where it's about not just prison is hard and tough, but prison is a system that is designed to physically break people yep. um, in ways that are incredibly depressing and everything has been monetized and it's all about profit and, uh, you know, kind of like sustainability and productivity. Efficiency, I think, is how they measure it and all <laughs> that sort of stuff. It's it's just really, really well made. And like, there are two moments where, okay, Nick hasn't seen this. We're not going to spoil this, I'll Darren says, but I'm going to... I'm going to dance around this very carefully. There are two big guest stars this week, one of whom is a legacy character who I was very happy to see. Uh, and yeah, I think well, very, they've very said well. since the beginning of the season. God, we need okay. to talk about that scene because that scene's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> it is. is. Okay, This is on Nick. <laughs> Nick can't stop us from talking about these things. But the other thing that... Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around that. We'll talk about what we saw later. Okay. Um, but I think that when we get... When we talk about, um, like, the guy who's running the circus, um, like, when Andy Circus shows up, like, my jaw just kind of dropped and hit mm-hmm. the ground because it's like, this is proper... Like, obviously, Circus has played Snoke. He's been, like, one of those CGI kind of, like, star modern Star Wars kind of creatures post-1999 George Lucas Star Wars entities. This kind of CGI creation. But here, I love that the show's like, we're giving you proper 70s character actor Andy Circus, yeah, 70s yeah. British character. Like, joining, like, Adrian Lester... Is it Adrian Lesser and kind of, like, Rupert Vanderstand and all these other kind of, like, very British actors where it's just like... Do you have several lines on your face? Does stubble look good on you? And can you project an air of being constantly angry? If so, we have roles for you. And I just like it was so great just giving us a character, Kino Loy, played by Circus, who is just engaging. He's fascinating. He's very grounded. He's very mundane. But understanding in the space of like a scene, everything about who this character is. It's just it's perfect. I love this show so much. Sounds great. Did Marty? Oh, did we lose? I think Marty did we, that is I think a, that was a really bad freeze frame. <laughs> it doesn't sound like he's listening intensely. <laughs> he's letting, um, listening really intensely. Like he's yeah, not even I, blinking. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like I know I keep talking, so I'm gonna cut this one short. But yeah, uh, but no, I mean, I again, Narkina Narkina Five seems to be like we're doing the standard three episode thing, yeah. where we're setting up, we're doing like the introductory thing, like we did with the prison break, sorry, like we did with the robbery, where it was like you know introductory first act is Eldani, second act is the axe forgets third act was the eye i suspect we're getting the same thing here where this is very much introducing us to the world of the prison introducing us to the supporting cast who we're going to spend presumably the next three episodes with and just kind of establishing the stakes and the rules and kind of the objective for this stage of the game and i really like this i know nick you're a big fan of clone wars and actually i really like that this has the basic structure of clone wars yeah well, it works because like, they tell like contained stories instead of trying to drag everything out with mystery boxes or any of that stuff it's like get get from point to point to point and keep going it's you know like it's a. I don't know, like that's where you could think like back to Boba Fett is like all one continuous plot across six episodes and it just doesn't feel episodic. It just drags. 
but also like it, it's like this weird again it's that that tasteless uh kind of syrup that uh, marty referenced <laughs> yeah. there from prison where it's just like goop because it's like you can mix in two episodes of the mandalorian in there and nobody will notice i think we we lost marty there lost unfortunately. Marty. <laughs> but but i like that it, it it's also like it's a, it's a nice middle ground between the two because it's like you get stories that are you basically get Every three weeks on this show, you get a new Star Wars movie, which is mm -hmm. phenomenal to me. You get a proper two hour, because each episode's about 40 minutes long, Star Wars movie with a clear beginning, middle and end, where the characters have a clear arc where they move from A to B to C. And in most cases, you get like a clear supporting cast. Like obviously, like during the raid in Aldani, you have like Gorn and you have like all the other characters, um, Nemec and all these characters who you get to know and care about. Like I am astonished. Like one of the things watching Andor is I'm astonished by how big the cast is. But I'm also astonished by how much I care about most of those characters by the end of it. Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like, I think like Nemec, who's the guy who was played by Alex Lothar, when he gets crushed by the big pile of coins at the end of the raid in the eye, that's heartbreaking. Because I actually know who this guy is. I know what he wants. I know what he aspires to. I understand him in a way that I don't think is true of a lot of the supporting cast for like Obi-Wan Kenobi, for example. Like I think it's a Dira Varma's character. I don't know anything about her. Yeah. No. Um or and like it's a shame because I love Indira Varma as an actor, but it's like I don't I don't know or care about your arc or your struggles or who you are because you're just like decoration here in terms of, you know, and that's been the problem with like all the Star Wars shows is like they just don't spend time on act. The, it's all about the larger plot, not the characters. Yeah. And like that's why I it's funny, like I really like Andor and like I haven't caught up on it just because I kind of keep forgetting to exist. It, <laughs> but it's not because it's not good. It's just like I'm I guess like the other shows burnt me out so much. I keep forgetting that this is actually good and I need to tune into it, which is a weird, weird thing to have. But. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just in case somebody isn't watching the chart, uh, Marty's internet just went out apparently. Yes. Um, so okay, so just to keep everybody kind of in the loop there. But like, and then it's weird because I'm talking about this now with you who haven't watched the the episode. Yep. yep. Um, but but like one of the things I, I do love about it is the fact that we so obviously he goes to prison. Uh, slight spoiler for last week's episode, which you still haven't watched. I've watched um, the last two yeah. weeks. Two weeks, yeah. So I know I'm we three episodes the behind. I'm three episodes behind Wait, right now. You haven't seen you haven't seen the end of the Aldani arc. You haven't seen the eye. No, okay, I did see the eye. So I'm only two weeks. Okay, I'm only two you're weeks. only two weeks, but you're, you'll be three weeks behind tomorrow morning, basically. Yeah, no, I'm gonna watch it today. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, so obviously, um, he he gets sentenced to prison and stuff. But it's like again, entirely new environment, entirely new cast, entirely new rules established, and a lot of that, like a lot of that stuff, has to be exposition. And it's kind of remarkable how good the show is at explaining the rules of that world. So, you know, for example, you know immediately what this is. They're building parts for something. And I quite like the theory online that they're building parts for the Death Star, which makes it ironic that, like, Andor is building the thing that is going to kill him. But they are building something for the Empire. But, like, you also get to know, like, how the guards maintain order, because all the surfaces are electrified and they can turn them on at any given moment and the guards just wear... It's a, it's a face-off prison, which I kind okay. of love, because um, they've got the boots and stuff it's just the reverse face-off where instead of magnetizing the prisoners they give the guards rubber soles and they just electrify <laughs> everything and then you also understand like how the mechanics of the prison work within that so you have like the prisoners who have their own little hierarchy where like andy circus is playing a character called kino loy who has i think 200 odd days left in the sentence or whatever but he comes in and he explains yeah no the way that this works is everybody in this room is competing against everybody else in this room and everybody this room itself is competing against all the other rooms and I'm in charge of this room. So I am motivated to see this room perform well for my own status. And it lays out 
like in very fine detail exactly how these systems work in ways that are like narratively engaging. It doesn't feel like you're reading like Nemec's manifesto. Yeah. You understand like how the world works, but also how the characters relate to it. Cause you, you hear like Lloyd give that speech and you know, immediately, well, this guy is bought into that. He believes that like, if he can play the game well enough, he can stay ahead and he can get out. And it's just, it's really, really immaculately constructed as well, which is how do you, fantastic. How do you think, because like the, I have to, like the social conversation about this show is like non-existent. Like I don't see, you know, we've talked before on this podcast about like they're looking for that next clippable moment and everything. And I was just watching yeah. uh, a, the Simpsons episode, like one of the newest Simpsons episode is uh, Marge is a producer for TV. And it's literally commentary on we need to have clippable moments every 22 minutes in the show or whatever. And like, or, or it sucks. And I'm like, I'm just thinking ahead to like upcoming Star Wars shows. Like they can't, I feel like they can't go back to what they were doing after Andor. It's just so well done. But if the audiences aren't receptive to it, it's like we're yeah. stuck with, you know, Boba Fett this round two, I guess. Which yeah. is like, that's the, that's the big fear. Cause obviously that's, that's what Disney want. They want the engagement. And in particular, like they want the, the image of engagement. Like that's the thing where like Netflix will not just monitor how a show performs. It will monitor how a show performs on social media and treat that as an indicator. And if it doesn't perform well enough, like again, the famous example of like Sony re-releasing Morbius because the so, internet wanted it. So, despite the fact that nobody wanted Morbius. Okay. Here's, here's a perspective for you. <laughs> Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Everybody wants to leave Twitter. <laughs> Elon Musk buying Twitter equals better Star Wars shows because nobody on social media will be there to talk about it. <laughs> Counterpoint. Do we actually think people are going to leave Twitter? That's that's the thing. <laughs> no. about everybody everybody <laughs> threatens to leave Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Everybody threatens to leave Twitter. Nobody ever actually leaves Twitter. Maybe, well, the, 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 the 1% of people that use it every day to talk about their favorite shows will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah well, that that is the thing is that like i mean i am obviously i'm seeing like andor memes and stuff like that but they're not as big they're not as vast they're not reaching as far i kind of love that the like again the star wars fandom has embraced andor in a fun way where they do things like you know turn the arrival of as a k2 that the, basically the, the droid played by adam adam tudyk in um in rogue one his mm -hmm. the arrival of imperial security I droid as name. basically like the sexy guy at the beach uh which is just amazing like they edit the clips together in a way that is yeah. absolutely brilliant or celebrating nicholas brittle's score by setting it against like the uh that sequence from family guy where they all go to the skate rink and do saturday night fever like there is there is a fandom online for this that is having fun with this and i love that andor is for all it is really great and really well made something you can have fun with but i am i share that same that same fear basically i share the same anxiety that like this is great uh, but this is not generating conversation. Yeah. So when Disney executives sit down in their meetings and they look at the analytics and they go, well, and or, you know, people weren't sharing photos of uh, Keto Loy played by British character actor Andy Serkis like they were showing, you know, clips of uh, Baby Yoda. So I guess we're, we we learned that this didn't well, work back to the factory. It makes me it makes me think back to the uh, oh, Marty just rejoined. Hey, Marty. Now I got to fix all the cameras again. Thanks, Marty. Okay, I can't. I have. I can't promise it's not going to go out again because I have <laughs> that. This is why we can't have nice things. Um, but I was thinking back to like the Obi Wan show and basically how Disney's executives got in the way of because it was too dark. And then yeah. now you're looking at but that was Obi Wan, yeah, yeah. But now you're looking at Andor and like he straight up murders a guy on the. I mean, murders multiple people on the spot. 
just without hesitation. And I'm like, like Star Wars as a as a property, like just needs to figure out the tone that it wants. I feel like that's a huge problem because like when you the Obi-Wan is said after Ordy 66, he's lost everything. That show should have been a lot darker than it was. And like, I feel like the compelling arc there would have been exploring like literally him as a character dealing with the loss of everything he ever cared about. And then, you know, having the plot line of, of protecting Leia and Luke and like how important it is to keep that last part of his life alive, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's just, you know, and I'm thinking ahead to like Ahsoka, the Ahsoka show, like that show needs to be kind of dark too, because like that's after Anakin's downfall and, and, you know, she's not in a good place and being hunted and. It's the Ahsoka show. I thought it's going to be like parallel with the Mandalorian. I thought it's going to be post uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, because I, I, I assume it's going to be her and like uh, uh, the like the search for Ezra, right? Ezra yeah. and Thrawn. So like yeah. post Rebels, post but, but even like even, far post Rebels. Yeah, even yeah. but even that like that storyline's dark as hell too. Rebels. <laughs> yeah, but I but I also don't think I don't Oops. think there needs to be one homogenized like yeah. singular. No, no, no. I don't. I don't Star think there. I don't think there needs to be. What I'm what my more my point is is that like. This, this show is doing a really good job of like setting stakes, telling the story that it wants to tell because Disney got out of the way of it. And like that's it's what concerns me about like Ahsoka is like, oh, it's Jedi stuff again. And, you know, Disney wants more control over that for merchandising and toys because there's not like a whole lot you're going to merchandise out of Andor. What my Stellan Sarsgaard and uh, and Forrest <laughs> yeah. Whitaker talking in a cave toys? Yeah, <laughs> you buy oh, a mon lettering that you can put outside their conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not at all saying that like Star Wars just needs to be dark and mean all the time or anything like that. It's just like this show I, has a very clear vision and tone and style, and every time Disney gets their hands on other shows those shows start with that tone and style that they want to have one division or any of them really. And then like halfway through, they lose it. I don't know if that's like a blame on Disney though. Right. Like I we, I guess we don't know where the blame lies. Like if it lies on the showrunners, if for the Disney or for the Marvel stuff, if it lies at like Kevin Feige. Um, well, we do know, know that it doesn't lie with the showrunners, Marty, because they don't have showrunners. Oh, there I'm are sorry. no showrunners. <laughs> My mistake. My mistake. Hey, Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. I'm, I, I will go so far as to say that probably is the problem. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, to, yeah, I, to Nick's point, again, I think like Star Wars, like any other franchise, particularly when we're reaching an age of like market saturation, like you can't have the same Star Wars on every week of the year. It needs yeah. to be different. The only thing is I agree with Nick that it like it needs to be something somebody cares about. Like, say, yeah. Star Trek at the moment, right? Where the best Star Trek that is on the air at the moment is Lower Decks, which is the animated sitcom Star Trek that is arguably furthest removed from, like, the classic conception of 90s Star Trek in terms of, like, you know, medium and in terms of, like, genre. But it's somehow its own thing because the writing staff have figured out what they want to do with that and have, like, found their own vision and their own path to it. So, like, I, I don't think that like star trek or star wars need to be a particular way i just think that they need to be written and overseen by people who have strong ideas of what their version of star wars or star trek looks like and i think andor works because of that and i think i kind of hopeful about ahsoka if only because of filoni um filoni yeah. is a guy who like knows what he wants to do and commits to it you know 
and it feels like this is what he's been building towards. Like this is his kind of magnum opus, right? It's like this is a character that he helped shepherd all the way through the animated series and everything, and then got her into live action and in Mando season two and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. But um, uh, did you uh, did, did we have a nice talk on it about Andor? Because that was a great episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the the key point is that we were talking about how uh, there's very little social engagement for Andor. Yeah, uh, which means like not enough people are talking about it or whatever. But uh, and everybody was like talking about Obi Wan and Boba Fett or Mando or whatever. So my idea is that now that Elon Musk owns Twitter, everybody that talks about these shows is going to leave, and then we'll get more good shows like Andor. So Elon Musk is actually a good thing for Twitter. Wow, this is what happens when you leave, Marty. This is what happens. Jeez, when I you was leave going for like five minutes. What happened? <laughs> Incredible. This turned into an Elon Musk fan cast so quickly. People yeah. turned on their heads. Yeah, um, we, we have not talked about that scene with Stellan Sarsgaard and Forrest Whitaker. So I yeah, saved we, that because we knew that you want to dive into that one. Uh, I I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Also because the 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 place we see saw saw is one of the interesting characters. Also saying seesaw is weird. Uh, that was my mistake Uh, but Saw is one of the most interesting characters because Saw might be the character aside from the droids that has appeared in the most variety (laughs) of things starting in Clone Wars having a great arc in Rebels uh, uh, a part of a a major level in Fallen Order a part of Rogue One and now a part of this Um, he sort of appeared on like every every slice of the Star Wars pie in the books and and I think he was famously he was going to be he's one of the characters brought over from Star Wars Underworld I think if I'm not mistaken, which was the George Lucas live action show that never got off the ground. (laughs) But I think the character was sort of thought up for that. Uh, And this single scene was one of my favorite iterations of him. I thought in Rogue One, he was a little uh, the the, at the point we meet him when he's like on the respirator and he's gone insane. And he's like, lies, deception, the answers. And he has this weird squid monster. Watching me left. <laughs> yeah. Like by that point, I was like, whoa, who's this man? Uh, and then in this, I'm like, oh, this is the guy who won the Academy Award for the last King of Scotland because he's incredible. And he's able to have this conversation with Stellan Skarsgård, who's also incredible. And they're have they can have it start off as like funny and cheerful and them sort of like being like, oh, were you the one who did the raid or were you? And he's like, well, regardless, it was a masterpiece. And then have it turn on a dime when they start talking about like, sort of their differing views of rebellion and how the idea of a rebellion is splintered across the entire galaxy. And I, I just thought that that five minute scene was was wonderful. Well, what's amazing about that scene is those characters are talking about things that are presumably like lore dives, like Krieger, mm-hmm. for example, and Pei Mei and all this sort of stuff. No like references to things. Yeah, references to things that I'm assuming people who like know Star Wars minutiae are like, yeah, they reference the thing. But you don't need to know any of that. It's a compelling conversation between those two characters if you have no idea who Krieger is, if you've got no idea who Pei Mei is. Because they're, again, because as you said, they're layering, they're creating a sense, that thing that George Lucas does, where it's like you get a sense that Star Wars exists outside of the frame that you're watching, that it is a world as much as a story, which is brilliant. But also the fact that it's like they're using it to have that argument that you specifically mentioned there, which is the idea of like, what is a rebellion and what does a rebellion need to be in order to function? And again, that idea that Andor has that runs through it, which is like a lot of people are saying Andor is too dark or Andor is too adult or Andor is too serious and all this sort of stuff, which I don't buy partially because I think it condescends to kids. It assumes that kids aren't interested in things that are big ideas and conceptually Mm -hmm. fascinating, but also Andor is like weirdly humanist where like the central 
driving theme of the show is that nobody gets there alone and we're all in there together. And mm -hmm. if we are going to persevere and pull through this thing that we're in, um, we only do it together. And that is such a perfect scene. And it's such a perfect use of what could easily be fan service. Having like your Academy Award winning actor show up and have this scene that illustrates why these people can't get past where they are right now. Like the Alliance in Rebel Alliance, like so much of the show has been explaining why the Empire is evil, which is something you need to do after the Empire has become like a pop culture joke and a footnote after so many yeah. years where it explains like it, it's, you know, it's capitalist, it's fascist, it's imperialist, it's all these monster things. But like I love that the show is also like but the Rebel Alliance, the key part of that like phrase isn't just rebel, it's alliance. The idea that you can't do this by yourselves. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to keep trying to do this by yourselves, you keep fragmenting, um, you're going to just play into the Empire's hands. It's such a beautiful scene. It's so great. The show is great. Yeah, and it's especially when you think about Star Wars, like the only villains you really think about are the Sith. But like the Empire, you know, is destroying like the rest of the galaxy. Yeah, that's why I love that this is mm -hmm. focusing on the like bureaucrats and the pencil pushers and the like the the people in the Empire who want to rise up like Cyril. Cyril. And I love uh, like Darren, you're mentioning the juxtaposition between this rebellion that can't find its alliance yet when compared with the uh, Empire. And then when you, you know, you take us to this uh, prison and it has seven towers and each tower has seven floors and each floor has seven rooms and each room has seven tables and each table has seven men on the table. And there's such a like Nazi fascist like <laughs> yeah. perfection to that that is in such stark juxtaposition between to what the rebels are trying to put together where Saw and, and uh, Luthen can't see eye to eye because Saw wants anarchy and Luthen thinks, you know, you need to push the Empire to the breaking point so that they finally put their boot to the ground and then that'll get everyone to rise up. So uh, just a fucking great episode. Just great. Great. Just great show as a whole. And I mean, and again, like we should emphasize one of the things, the Empire itself also suffers from that lack of communication. Like the great irony of this mm. is that like Miro is searching for Andor and the Empire already has him in custody. Yeah. The organization is just too big and doesn't communicate with itself. Like because the Empire itself also has like factions competing. Everybody inside is competing for their own advancement. Like it's. The Empire is that floor in the prison where it's like the, the, you know, the table that performs best gets taste and the table that performs worst gets presumably fried in the middle of the floor in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's like the because the Empire has that rigid kind of capitalist, like zero sum game, you know, there are winners and losers and you have to be a winner structure. It doesn't encourage the collaboration that the Rebel Alliance can. And so nobody has put together that they actually have the very man they're looking for in their custody if they just thought to look. If they sent <laughs> no. that bulletin around prisons internally, they would probably <laughs> recognize message. him quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen this man? Put him on uh, blue milk cartons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Car Karn just sitting there going, I will, like, I every morning like, over He has a serial shit. We have <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say like all this focus on the Empire and everything uh, actually really does have me excited to learn whatever they're going to do for the Acolyte because the Acolyte is like the student of the Sith. Uh, mm -hmm. And like... I like the newest book for uh, the Jesus Hyrule. Christ, how many things do you have around you? <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> That's why Nick wasn't able to watch anything this week. He was too busy sorting and arranging things. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, if you're on Patreon, you can get one of these. <laughs> I don't I don't have one of those. <laughs> yeah. Not on Patreon. Nobody does yet. <laughs> fair, fair point. Uh, but yeah, like I kind of hope like they keep exploring the Empire in these interesting ways. Because like the Mandalorian hasn't really explored 
the uh, the first order like they could have at all. Really, it's all just focused on Baby Yoda and Mandalorian and like the the first orders in the background again. Yeah. I don't know what Moff Gideon's plan is apart from taking the baby's blood, and that's bad because we like the baby. He went. I think he's pretty sure he wants to create like his own army of force users. Yeah, but it's like, like there's no detail to that plan whatsomever. You know what? no, maybe maybe that's maybe what, maybe that's, that's how the way they clone Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's the explainer is how they clone Palpatine. <laughs> they found his body at the bottom of that pit and returned to the Jedi. Like, well, his finger's still here. We can reuse this. I don't think that pit exists anymore because that pit blew up. So I don't know where that oh. body went. <laughs> well, they found his, his finger floating around space. It just landed. It just landed on uh, Endor. <laughs> on Endor. Yeah. yeah. Just the a little piece. Was just just a little pe- little piece of light. <laughs> shooting out of it still <laughs> yeah yeah I think, I think that totally makes sense um yeah and it was great i have i really want this to be a turning point i want this to be a turning point i have extremely high hopes for the damon lindelof movie which will never be made yes uh, that's a, that is because, the hope that i have for it is, is, is <laughs> damon lindelof has given me three of my my true television joys in life and lost the leftovers and Watchmen. um yeah. who is, as who is well writing as the movies. skeleton crew show uh, isn't it uh, uh, Spider Man? Spider Man boys? Oh no! Spider Man? Uh, no Way Home boys? No, not No Way Home. What was the first movie? John called? Watts. Oh, sorry, uh, you mean? Uh, yeah, Homecoming. Yeah, Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, John Watts. Or well, John Watts is directing it. I don't know if he's okay. fucking. I googled Skeleton Crew and I got a fucking Stephen King book. <laughs> we, got, we got to come up with different names. Look, on a long enough curve, everything becomes a Stephen King book. The man that writes. Is, like, yeah. That is true. Yeah, it's John Watts and Christopher Ford who are credited John with um, uh, Homecoming. So I guess we know what's what, eh? Son of what? Jesus, this is what happens. I got in. I got stumped by my skeleton crew Google search, and you had time to give me what's what. So the only what's for show. He, I mean, he's Spider Man. Oh, oh, he's done the old man. Oh, he did two episodes of the old man. The old man. Uh, yeah, that was just directing though. So. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's written them. So that'll be interesting. He wrote Homecoming though. So, uh, and that's supposed to have like an Amblin tone to it, right? Like uh, it's supposed yeah. to be sort of the Spielberg Stranger Things kids also, go on a journey. He's also writing Final Destination Six. Oh fuck yeah! That that, that was a genuine fuck yeah. I love Final Destination. <laughs> but to, to be fair to, to Watts, like Watts's debut film was Cop Car, which is genuinely quite impressive Funny. and has a very yeah, Amblin yeah. it has an Amblin feel to it because about a bunch of kids who steal Kevin Bacon's cop car yeah. it's a very like 80s movie in like modern drag oh that's like, not the movie I was thinking of what was the oh, movie what, what were you thinking of what was the cop movie with like uh, oh the other guys <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's why I said super funny. And you said it has an Amblin feel, and I was like, yeah. oh, like yeah. we, we use Amblin in the same way. The, the, mo- the moment where like where Will Ferrell sits on the handlebar as yeah. you know, sort of Marky Mark cycles very hard. No, I mean, no, it's it's cop car is the one where the kids steal the cop car, and I think it has the body in the trunk, and like Kevin Bacon has to desperately recover it. Um, and it's incredible. great. No, it, it's like it's legitimately great because like it's you're like Kevin Bacon's chasing kids. I've seen sleepers. I know what this movie is, but it very quickly turns into like a cavalcade of humiliations for Love Kevin it. Bacon as the kids continue to foil him in every possible way. This is perfect. great. It's like Dennis the Menace. If like his, Wilson had like murdered somebody and buried him in the backyard before the show started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That that'll be what the legacy sequel is. You know what? Um, I, uh, now, just because we brought that up, now I now I really want a Star Wars movie directed by Edgar Wright. 
I don't think anything directed by Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright should have directed the solo movie, damn it. <laughs> Edgar, Edgar Wright should do anything he wants to do, but he's not going to work in a franchise for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think I think his 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 time in the quantum verse. <laughs> 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 I, think, I think he uh, I think he learned uh, learned better from that. Uh, I loved Last Night in Soho, though. What a movie. And all these, he's releasing all these behind the scenes featurettes of like how they did certain scenes. Incredible. I still need to watch Last Night in Soho. You need to watch a lot of movies. Also, by next week, you, you should watch, watch three episodes of I'm Andor. I'm going to watch it today. Tomorrow. Tonight. <laughs> Don't watch it tomorrow. Just watch it next Monday so that's fresh in your head. No. Think about that. It'll, it's, it's so good. It'll be Let, fresh in my head forever. Let me throw an idea out there. He can do both. It isn't an Andor choice. Jason Tudor says, I actually enjoyed Solo. Ducks, hey, I enjoyed Solo too. On my second watch. I don't really care about I don't I, I just disconnect solo from hand solo and then I enjoy the movie a lot more. I think it's fascinating because um, I know <laughs> I just I just I just imagine in my head that he's not. It's just some kid. Mm. It's, it's fine. really interesting because he's clearly not he's not doing a Harrison Ford impression. He's doing a Jack Nicholson impression, which is fascinating to me yeah. um, as a choice. Also, like he I personally, like really wanted the sequel to that movie, just the way they ended it with Maul and everything like. It had, it had some good hooks at the end. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm gonna be honest. Maul is an incredibly boring character. He's so good in Rebels. Maul, they he ended like cool. spider legs. I'm like, I don't yeah. care if you get spider legs. He has demon demon horns and now spider legs. What, what oh, more he do you hates want, his brother. A lot of people <laughs> hate their brothers. The final <laughs> the final battle between him and Obi Wan and Rebels is a great piece of Star Wars television. That is cool episode. Twin Sons. That's a very cool episode. I will agree with that. Um. Speaking of cool things, coming it's on quite the eyes. mauling, quite the mauling. He <laughs> dies very easily in that battle. Let me tell <laughs> <Fine>. you. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll move on to our next topic, which is uh, our, our main topic in theory. Uh, I put a big list together of uh, movies and TV. I'm personally excited for for the rest of the year. You just stole and, my uh, list. Did, oh, yeah, because you definitely had uh, the, the Empire of Light and the Whale and the Sun and Fablemans and She Said and Bones and All and Armageddon Time and White Noise. You had all those on your list, right? Nick is a bound oh, back fan. We you don't need my, to re-legislate no, no, no. that here. He, 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 he stole my TV list, not my movie list. I didn't have a movie list. <laughs> what even dude. are movies? What yeah, even dude. are Did movies? Did you have Poker Face on yours? Did you have uh, the Atlanta finale on yours? Also, it's a list of things that are coming out. You can't author them. It's just time. It's mine. Except when I was wrong and I put Creed 3 on there because Wikipedia lied to me. Yeah. John had to no. tell me he's stuck. Yeah. No, I, I, I had a similar moment with that. It's like, it's time for Creed 3. Is it? No, it's never time for Creed 3. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is probably good because there's a lot of stuff. I to say about it. <laughs> uh, fucking, yeah. What, what's his, uh, The Last Man in Tulsa? What is, what's his show? No, it, it, it is. King? Yeah, the Tulsa King, Tulsa the one King, where right. he's like he's the mob boss who goes to Tulsa. Basically, I'm I'm curious about that. I'm not <laughs> going to lie. And I think that's a that's a Sheridan movie right? or a Sheridan show. Yeah, yeah. Tyler it's, Sheridan. It's Tyler, Sheridan and Winters, right? Yeah, yeah, Tyler, yeah. Tyler Sheridan <laughs> is Paramount Plus. He has like yeah. he's working on like ten different fucking shows over there. Hey, not for it, me. For me, Paramount Plus is just rewatching Twin Peaks and getting yeah. an ad before every episode. I'm like, why is this happening? I thought I had the ad free version. You can always pay more, Marty. You can I always wanted, pay more. If they're gonna serve me an ad, I wanted an ad that would have aired before the episode in 1990. That's what I want. No, so uh, they should they should give you the Japanese commercials that were directed by Lynch, the Japanese coffee commercials. Have you seen incredible. those? Yeah, yeah, yes, I would love that. Yeah, oh, that would be great. Um, okay, so starting with TV, 
uh, I think the next the next sort of major show uh, is uh, 1899. Uh, Darren, uh, Nick, have either of you guys watched Dark? It's on my list to watch. I haven't gotten to okay. it. Okay. I have Darren, no. I know I should. Um, but this is one of the things where there is only so much time and there is so much television. And it's German, which means you got to pay attention. <laughs> time because it's a German got- show about time travel, which that's a heavy one. Time to watch it, Darren. Yeah. I want to. I don't want on <laughs> next week. I don't. I don't want to read television. <laughs> hey, you can watch it with dubs, which is just very strange. Uh, it is very yeah. surreal. Uh, so Dark was a, a three-season Netflix show uh, that uh, a German a German series um, that I, I couldn't even spoil it for you if, if I tried. But it is ultimately like one of the most in-depth and like well manicured time travel shows where everything happens for a reason and you need like a crazy like Charlie corkboard of everything that's going on in the show. Uh, those creators have a new show coming out uh, called 1899 coming on November 17th. That is uh, the log line is a group of European migrants leave London on a steamship to start their new lives in New York City. But when they encounter another migrant ship adrift in the open sea, their journey begins to turn into a nightmare. Uh, it seems uh, very scary, very, very mysterious. And it has this like cast of, of people are speaking like 10 different languages, which I think is really cool. So it's, it's a ship full of migrants. So you're going to, you know, have cultures from all around Europe and Asia. Uh, it just seems great. It seems it seems spooky. It seems mysterious. Uh, the trailer is great. I'm, I'm really excited for that. 1899. Also, yeah, I'm. I haven't watched Dark yet, but I, this one looked like it was a bit more simple. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see if it's yeah. simple. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, on the 23rd, we'll have the Andor finale, uh, and then on the 25th, we're gonna have the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Speaking of Kevin Bacon, I know. Uh, right? Did you did you guys get a chance to watch that trailer? And, and did you have any thoughts on it? I love that it came out two hours before it was announced James Gunn is running DC films. Yeah. I thought that was immac- immaculate timing from everybody involved. 10 out of 10. No Big day for James Gunn, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's great. It's like, I'm going to you know, not pay attention to James Gunn for the rest of the day. There's not going to be more James Gunn news, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really like the trailer. I mean, again, it looks like it's very goofy. It looks like it's very silly. It looks like it's very fun. And it looks like it's very much keeping with gun style. It's kind of exactly what I want from these special presentations. Mm-hmm. Where it's the kind of thing where if I had to go to a cinema and watch it for two hours, I'd be like, I don't want this. But yeah. for like 50 minutes to an hour, I'm like, yeah, I can get into it. And it's Christmassy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I left Werewolf by Night just super happy. I was like, oh, this is great. Like, it was a great little spooky thing. It was less than an hour. It was out of my life. And it's a character where I'm like, oh, if, this, if these people show up adding something else down the line, that'll be pretty neat. And so. Oh, I, my I, God. Is Kevin Bacon the big bad of phase six? <laughs> is he going to get as buff as Jonathan Majors did? <laughs> um uh, I could actually get down with Kevin Bacon. Uh, and the reason we're joking about that in uh, uh, obviously uh, I, uh, in the Guardian movies, uh, they bring up Kevin Bacon a lot because I think yeah. uh, Peter Quill was like obsessed with Kevin Bacon or something. He, right? he mentions Footloose is the great fable of his oh, time. The greatest, yeah. yeah, the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. Um, and so like the other Guardians are are uh, intrigued by this like person named Kevin Bacon. And so I think they they go to steal Kevin Bacon for Peter Quill. Is that what's serious? It's it Peter's still down over the loss of Gamora. He's feeling yeah. very dejected. And so in again, this is the thing where it feels like it's a very holiday special esque plot where they go mm-hmm. to get him the one thing that he wants for Christmas. The yeah. one thing that will make him happy. Like a Hallmark movie, except this time it's kidnapping an Oscar nominated actor. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, Yeah, I'm really looking forward I'm like unironically really looking forward to 
I am. It's probably I. I'm really excited for Wakanda Forever, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it's like I am also really excited for this. Yeah, because I hope it's just like, man, do these little one-offs a few times a year. Like, just plug these in. I'd rather have this than like, I don't know, Black Widow. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like Black Widow's fine because they give us Florence Pugh, but just give me an hour with Florence Pugh. <laughs> Like that, that seems good. An hour with Florence Pugh sounds like the best PBS special ever. That's um, okay. She's, she's drinking. She's drinking tea and turning the camera, going, "I didn't see you here." And then I say, "So about, don't worry, darling." And she gets up and walks away. I'm like, oh, yeah. Should have waited. My fair, Florence Pugh did not travel to the Venice Film Festival for the premiere of like "Don't Worry, Darling," but she did travel to Dublin for the Irish premiere of "The Wonder." Yeah. Just put that in perspective. Yeah. That's the power move. She's very nice. Really, she's a lovely woman. Uh, yeah, she's and she's incredible. And I'm excited for for Yelena Belova. I don't know. Is that her name? No, Yelena Belova. Is that an actress? No, it is Yelena, isn't it? Yelena, Yelena. No, whatever. It's it a Y E L E N A. Again, this is the thing where Yelena, I read comics. Yeah, Yelena. Yeah. Speaking of you read comics, who's Wonder Man? Because I'm excited that Yahya Abdul Mahin the second is going to be it's Wonder Man. I don't know Simon- who Wonder Man. Is. Okay, he's he's basically he's a he's a kind of a low tier Avenger. It's one of those things where like before the Avengers were the Avengers, just a bunch of like second stringers. Before like Brian Michael Bendis came on board, he's like, what if Spider Man and Wolverine were on the Avengers and this were a viable franchise for like the biggest television or movie franchise on the planet? Yeah. Um, he's very much like one of the wave of Avengers that's like seventies eighties esque. So again, okay. like Scarlet Witch, uh, like Vision that kind of wave of Avenger where it's like, you know, the ca- other characters would drop in and out as they dropped in and out of books. Iron Man and, you know, Captain America would be there. But the core of the book was this soap opera dynamic between characters where the writers didn't have to worry about them being important enough to get self-published solo books. So it's like, Wonder Man, yeah, he's going to be my main character for the next five <laughs> years. Um, but basically, he's kind of embroiled in this whole love triangle between Wanda and Vision. And there's some weird connection, and I'm worried about embarrassing myself on mic here, but I think there's something where, like, is Vision... Either Vision's brain is modeled on Simon's brain, or Simon's brain is modeled on Vision's brain. And I believe his half-brother is the... Uh, is it... Not... What's the the killer? Is it... It's not Skull or Scourge, but it's he's basically one of those Avengers guys who, like, has a skull face and, like, looks like the Phantasm and stuff like that. He's, again, he's very much in the weeds. Primarily known for being an actor. That's his yeah. big thing. He was a movie star in, in Marvel continuity. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and I really like Yahya Abdul-Mahin. And supposedly uh, uh, Dustin Daniel Cretton is involved in the show, but I feel like he's doing too much. He needs to stop. He's doing more Shang-Chi. <laughs> he's doing the Shang-Chi show. He's doing one of the one of the big... Secret Wars. He's, he's doing, doing Secret Wars. No, no, that's, no he's, he's doing Kang Dynasty. Secret Wars hasn't been announced. He's doing Kang Dynasty. Oh, yeah, that's right. They've only announced the, the writers for both, not the director for the second one. Um, also, that'll probably turn into three movies, or one of them will get canceled, or the planet will end by then, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, and then uh, Disney Plus uh, capping off the month uh, on November 30th with Willow, which I believe is going to be a weekly, right? Weekly drop. That's what Disney Plus does. Weekly. Weekly Willow. Willow Weekly. How many episodes yes. is it, Darren? It's eight. The screeners have gone out, and I think that is all that I can say about yeah. that at the moment under legal. Okay, under, well, I'm going to Google I'm gonna Google Willow TV show, and I'm going to say. <laughs> it is eight uh, episodes long. It is eight okay. episodes long. It is, it is eight is episodes it, long. And I'm assuming will, they're going up weekly. 
they are probably going up weekly. I don't know if they're going to do a thing where they drop three episodes to start with, because it's kind of interesting that it's appearing at the end of December and will carry over December into January. I'm like, how does that work? Like, are you not going to finish up for it's Christmas? The end of November. It's end of November. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So, but it would by the end of it, it would end yeah. like first or second in week mid January. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. And I'm like, would they instead just drop a couple of episodes in one go at the start and maybe have like a three episode premiere and that gets them finished just in time for Christmas? Yeah. Um, and again, part of me is like, that makes sense, like logically, but it also doesn't make sense in terms of subscribers because you want to hold them into the next fiscal yeah, well, they quarter. Also, and they also, they also haven't like announced any premiere dates for next year yet, have they? Uh, no, they usually, Disney doesn't go, I think they have a December event. Disney has some sort of like a December call where they'll announce the they used to have, a couple of years ago. They had yeah, the investors day, Disney investors day. Remember when the internet watched Disney investors day live, like that was peak pandemic. We're all going to sit down yep. and watch the investors day presentation. I still, I still done. like calling into investor calls because I'm a big nerd. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, what's Ubisoft going to say? Um, cause I'm a dork. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for Willow. We're going to have more Willow content well, on Friday. We're going to have our, our first Willow Let's Play with uh, Jamate and uh, uh, Jack, who are both massive Willow fans. We have so many Willow fans. This is incredible. Uh, so we're going to have our first Let's Play of the Willow NES game. Uh, closer to the Willow premiere, we'll bring Jack on. We'll do something with Jack to, to be able to talk about Willow the movie, Willow the show. It'll be great. A lot of Willow content. Nick, are you going to watch Willow? I am. I, I really you going to watch Willow the, the film? Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, you should probably watch that. Is it, gonna... is it a sequel? Is the show a sequel to the film? Or is it? A, yeah, a I mean, yeah. yeah, it's a legacy it's a, sequel. Yeah. Okay, then I will watch the movie. It's like Force Awakens, where it's yeah, whatever, it's later. been it's been decades okay. later, and and like so, it's like again, the trailer is very explicit. All this, like the world needs you. It needs your magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we okay. do like the kind of like Chewy, we're home moment, but yeah. it's just more Chewy Davis. gets blown up in a spaceship and only to survive <laughs> it somehow. Don't worry, he's back. He's back. It's fine. <laughs> somehow uh, still, Chewy still, has returned. Somehow still, Chewy um, has returned. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but there's a bunch of other shows coming out, too. I know you bolded those three because those are the three you're most interested in. Uh, oh, OK, then. But on November 11th, Amazon Prime is dropping The English, which is a new uh, Western revenge story with starring Emily Blunt. I'm very excited for that. It looked really good in the trailer. I have screeners for that. Are we interested in that? This yes. is the same. This I love that this people are getting to see this conversation happen live. Yes. Where it's like Darren gets inundated with screeners and now has to guess what Nick wants. To I don't. I don't know if we'll do. Okay. I don't know if we'll do episodic reviews, but give me a, oh, give no, me no. a good okay. ep- opinion piece on it. Okay. Uh, and then on November twenty third, Echo three drops on Apple Plus, uh, which is I think like a kind of a military story. Let me pull it up real quick. A high stakes drama starring Luke Evans. Uh, da, 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 uh, Michael Usman. When brilliant scientist Amber Chesboro vanishes along the Colombia Venezuela border, her brother and her husband, both elite U.S. Army commandos, struggle to find her amid a guerrilla war, discovering that the woman they love might have a secret. And Bradley Michael Whitford. Usman. Yeah, in terms oh. of uh, I wonder what kind of a character Bradley Whitford will play. Will he be uh, charming <laughs> and sarcastic? Yeah, will he be smug and old? Yes. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that trailer for that looked really good. Like, I Apple Apple just really goes all out on their production budgets for a lot of these shows. Like, I really love how their shows are shot. The cinematography is always really good. And the thing about Apple is like. Are Apple quietly the best of the streaming like giants because every show on Apple exists because somebody cares about it. Like I might not yeah. understand C, 
but it's very clear that somebody making C very passionately believes in this project <laughs> and has willed it into being. Uh, um, and I, I think part of it is they also like have like the most conservative release drops in terms of like they don't flood. Like it's not yeah. like every Friday come here and there's ten things you've never heard of. It's like. They, they kind of treat every one of their drops with like respect and give it time to breathe and everything. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. I, I guess I missed that release date for 1923, which guess what? It's another Taylor, Taylor Sheridan show. Yeah. That's actually Plus. part of the Yellowstone. Yeah. It's uh, another prequel. Yeah, someone made a joke earlier saying, uh, I thought 1899 was part of the Yellowstone. Yeah. I don't even know if that was a joke because I was like, oh, no, but this, but 1923 is, mm -hmm. which they changed the name of because it was originally announced as like 1930 something. Oh. And so I don't know how that happened. But the big it's, thing about that is it's Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford on fucking TV. Like, oh, yeah. wait, wait, Harrison what? Ford is in Yellowstone 1923? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, that just jumped like, to the top of my list. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, pretty, pretty insane. Um, well, and, there's your reason to subscribe to Paramount Plus. You want more Harrison Ford. Also, if you want to follow along with my Twin Peaks rewatch, which I'm almost done with, and I haven't been doing anything on it, so you're not really following along on it. Uh, <laughs> you're just got, watching Twin Peaks by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that is literally what I'm doing. It's great. Let me tell you, it's and then wonderful. We've got, uh, December 21st, the third season of Jack Ryan. I've really liked both first and second season of Jack Ryan. Uh, kind of hard to disconnect uh, Jim Halpert from the show, but you know it, he wor it works. I, if I can connect, disconnect from uh, it. it uh, a quiet place. He's he's pretty good in, in Jack Ryan too. Uh, That's another one where I have screeners and I have not had time to watch them. <laughs> um, I can't believe he's still do. I feel like he would have like left and they would have recast him by now. He feels like bigger than that show. Jack I mean, Ryan. look, uh, he, he's I no feel Henry like he he's, I was about to no say he would have pulled the cap. Okay, some people have been talking about that in chat. Do we? Are any of us excited about Luke Luke Hemsworth? Liam Hemsworth? What's his name? Liam. I, I kept thinking it was Chris Hemsworth. I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's Liam Hemsworth. There, 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 no, there, is a Lu, there is a Luke. Luke Hemsworth is the one from um, Chris from Westworld. Oh, from Westworld. Yeah. I like that one. He's a doof. Luke is the one who doesn't look like a Hemsworth, which is very mm. disconcerting. Whereas yes. Liam looks like somebody got like a 30% share in Chris and was like, we can <laughs> yeah. make this work. Um, he's diet caffeine free Chris <laughs> yeah, Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know how he's gonna pull off a, a Geralt. Like uh, Henry Cavill is just so good in the role. Like, it, mm. also, I love me like a Joseph Fiennes vibe, right? Where there was a while in the nineties yeah. where like Hollywood was convinced that Joseph Fiennes could work, and you know, credit where credits due. I guess you know, Shakespeare in love. love won the Oscar. Yeah, but it's also like you're when you're watching it, you're like. Is there ever a world where like this wasn't the second choice to race? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know why they just don't end it after season three then and do something else. But uh, the Witcher Blood Origin comes out on December twenty fourth, which apparently is only three episodes long. Right. Like I'm genuinely give me short thing. No, I thought yeah, I thought I thought it was like a whole new series because that was what they were billing it as originally. But now, I, last I heard, it was three episodes. Oh, interesting. That's strange. That's the one with Michelle Yeoh. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It's just like a little. It's just a little prequel story. Nice. Well, I mean, I liked the anime. The anime they did was quite good as well. well this one what was yeah, it uh, uh, Nightmare of the. Is Wolf this one live action? Yes, this, this one, one is, is live, live action. action. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and then uh, right when the year starts on uh, January fourth, the Bad Batch is back, which uh, I, I I enjoyed most of the first season of the Bad Batch, um, and so I'm 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 hoping it continues that trend on the second season. Uh, I don't know if it's been made official, but the HBO app said that The Last of Us starts on January fifteenth. VG um, uh, Video Games Chronicle collect or corroborated corroborated it, so with it. Okay, said it was confirmed. Yeah. 
So there you go. January 15th, uh, the first episode of The Last of Us, which I imagine that's a 10 episode series. So that'll be a big thing to talk about through the through yeah. the winter. And then uh, January 26th, I am so excited for Poker Face. Uh, that is the Ryan Johnson uh, 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 sort of murder mystery whodunit. Uh, like his take on it with Natasha Leone. Leone. Yeah. Um, which I'm fucking stoked for. And like, and what's Adrian Brody continuing to feel like he was left out of um, Knives Out? Because he did also yeah. like see how they were on air there this year. And you can tell that he was like, I need to do Knives Out. I need to have done Knives Out. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Because he was so good in Brothers Bloom, which is like the, the secret best Ryan Johnson movie. No one talks about. What all of his movies lights, Darren. It was really uh, cool. The lights in your room dimmed and I really <laughs> liked it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that happens. I guess I'm going to get booted off the call in a second, knowing that the way that these things have been. Yeah. Oh, I thought you're like you're doing this from a movie theater. You're like, oh, the screening is about to start. <laughs> I got to see the family. Oh, 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 oh. uh, going over a couple of the super chats that we missed. Did you did you do the BS Marsh one while I was dead? I didn't. I we did not. not uh, Five dollar dono. Uh, dono for the brat fund. I can't believe how close to the goal we are. Thank you so much, Beast Marsh. We're so close to the goal because of viewers like you. That was very PBSy. I'm sorry. We will. I think we'll hit ninety percent tomorrow during Somehow, Marshy's. Somehow Marty's sweater materialized two leather patches on it. I don't know how. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Uh, and SVS Guru with five euro. Thank you so much. Kind of sad that the only that only one of you watched Lower Deck slash Edge Runners. I'd have loved the more expansion discussion of those instead of uh, brisk summaries. Uh, my thing is, I'm just not a Star Trek fan. I don't I don't watch anything Star Trek. So I, I haven't watched anything. Star. I, I am interested in Strange New Worlds because it just kind of looks fun. Uh Darren's like, no, I hate you. Don't watch it. But also, like, no, 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 pretty no, no, no. visual. People like what they like. People <laughs> like what they like. It's all good. People like. I yeah, I did not care for Strange New Worlds, but uh, people like what they like. Hey man, um, there was that one guy in the comments on your video. I said, really doesn't like you for not liking Strange New Worlds. <laughs> it's interesting. Like it's inter- fascinating to me how people are tied up in my opinions of things. Where it's like, where it's like the fact that I hated Strange New Worlds means that I have an arch enemy for, and it's like yes. that's a very interesting dynamic. Welcome to the internet. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I would, I really liked, uh, Lower Decks. I found myself really warming to it, of course, if it's three seasons. Um, yeah, it's maybe not a great jumping on point for somebody who isn't familiar with Star Trek. Uh, also though, people in the comments for the YouTube video are like, I don't know anything about Star Trek and I loved it, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, which is good. I'm glad to hear that. But if you are going to jump onto Star Trek, uh, Deep Space Nine is on Paramount Plus and it's well worth your time if you want to dive into the, into the franchise. I'll just take great... The Expanse, please. Well, that... I don't think that's an option, but I love that Nick's like willing it into will it. <laughs> you know what's insane? I binged the first five seasons uh, uh, in prep for season six. I never watched it. I watched it all in like two months. Season six came out. I didn't watch a single episode. I haven't seen it. And now I'm like, I forgot everything from the first five seasons. I gotta go back. What there will be doing? a test at the end of this. You, I, 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 I went like 90% really... of the way and just fucking stopped. I, I love that I love that Nick, by the way, used his magic influencing wishing powers not to materialize a new season of the expanse, but Aragon. Aragon. That's the one that he used it on. It's, it's like you get one magic. shot. He doesn't know how it works. <laughs> you shoot one shot and it's like it's Disney plus Aragon. Because they because they wrapped up the expanse. It was kind of rushed. Well, I don't think with the, they I, don't, up? I mean, the, there's a fairly sizable cliffhanger at the I end mean, of it's, that. It's Amazon. Like, that's going to be another franchise. You know, it's going to be a franchise. I think it's an expansive universe waiting oh, to be explored. Is it? 
<laughs> Glad you came up with that one. <laughs> is, it, is it now? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Nick was not happy with that. Uh, and then, yeah, the uh, Edge Runners uh, anime is great. I don't know. I, I really I, 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 they didn't watch Edge Runners. I don't know what to tell you. And Jimmy Fitzpatrick says, "What about Foundation on Apple Plus? They're they're working on season two. I think it's next year. It's coming out. It's definitely not coming out this year. Yeah, that's one of those. Uh, uh, I, I think next year. like like Lord of the Rings and like uh, uh, House of the Dragon. I think it's going to be on a two year. Okay, skip year. Yeah, and like Andor. I don't think we're going to see Andor season two next year. I don't think they filmed Andor season two until I think they're not filming it until this month. So yeah. Um, yeah, don't expect 2023 to see the return of any of the shows we've been talking about over the last 10 episodes. Which, I, which I'm fine because like, yeah. there's enough there's enough material out there. We just named like Last of Us and Poker Face, like two of my most anticipated shows the next year, and they're on in the first like three weeks of the month. So the rest of the month, the rest of the year will probably have cool things like Succession. I'm it's great. so excited for all the Last of Us discourse again. You have no idea. Oh, this one. Just when you think you've heard the last of it, I was literally about to say that you stole it. You stole it out of my head. It's still like Marty stole your list of TV shows that are coming up. (laughs) Yes. Which I added several to. Uh, and then uh, SVS Guru with uh, uh, a two euro donation. Thanks so much. I'm pretty sure his name is Lesser Hemsworth. <laughs> Bad. Oh, but there are two L's. There are two L's. Yeah. Hemsworth the Lesser. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, on the movie front uh, for the next couple months, obviously uh, you mentioned Darren, but the big uh, next release coming out next weekend is uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, I'm really excited about that. It seemed like the the... They held the premiere and the social media embargo was up and it seemed like the, re- the reaction was pretty positive. Yeah, and I know, like, like, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that there is apparently not a lot of fan service in there, which is great. Like there's a there's a big rumor going around that it would be expanding or pushing the universe forward. And I'm kind of glad yeah. to hear that it seems to be its own thing for at least most of its runtime. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I've seen the trailer in theaters several times now, and that is a movie that is um, like that moment where Angela Bassett kind of gives her big impassioned yeah. speech at the end of the trailer. Like people are practically, I'm practically standing up. Uh, it was me, reader. It was yeah. me um, standing up and clapping that woman. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, I cannot wait for this. I'm really looking forward to it. And I guess it's Coogler. Um, so yeah. I'm very yeah. So am I. I think that's going to, I think that's absolutely going to crush in theaters. And uh, Darren, you're seeing that relatively soon. And then you'll have a review up uh, next week, probably shortly before. Yep, I'm seeing stuff. it next Wednesday because I live in oh. Ireland and we are not a vital mm-hmm. market. <laughs> hey, you get to see it. I have to wait till <laughs> Thursday like a pleb and pay my money. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Florence Pugh does come over and visit us to attend premieres of her Netflix movie that nobody's sure. going to see. So, That's, I mean, look. She it's, has a Netflix it's, movie? It's yeah, The Wonder. Uh, yeah, the Wonder. <laughs> Is it even on your list here? No, no, it's not. No, it's not. It just doesn't exist. Um, it's from the director of Fantastic Woman. Um, it's very good. I will hardly recommend it. It's, it's from um, who? But it's, it's from the director of uh, Fantastic Woman, the, the movie that won the foreign Oscar, I think, about three years ago. That, that's the reason I didn't put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, that's, that's what we're aiming for right here. Recognition. I thought it was very charming. It's a story about a, a little girl in Ireland who suddenly stops eating, has been fasting for four months, but is mysteriously still alive, and a nurse who is hired to figure out what is going on. Is it a legitimate miracle, or is there something more sinister afoot? Um, and I think it's it's a reason. It's a very well made movie. 
it builds its plot logically. Pew is amazing. Uh, Neve Algar, who is one of Ireland's finest actors, is fantastic. And let's talk about Wakanda forever again. Do you think Irish movies should be eligible for best foreign or best international film at the Academy Awards? Uh, if they're in Irish, uh, I would argue they should be. And I think we did submit a couple. Like we submitted Aroct, which is Hunger, which is our famine movie. Like Ireland went through a big wave of kind of like capitalizing on the whole. Maybe the British aren't really cool phase that pop culture went through a couple of years ago. Where yeah, we did they, like Black Earth. They changed the name of the award to Best International Feature because it was Best Foreign Language Feature, which yeah. they were like, that's othering foreign languages. Yeah. Whereas I guess International is doing the same thing. But like... With Banshees of Inishirin, that's an international feature, right? No, well, the, the money comes from American companies. That's that's the thing where it's like a lot All of the, big the money actors, comes from American companies. companies. <laughs> <laughs> no, like there, there was this big thing in Irish culture a couple of years ago. I'm trying to think what the movie was, but there was a movie that was quintessentially Irish that people think of as like the most Irish movie ever made. Oh, it's Waking Ned. It's Waking fucking oh, Waking Ned. Ned Divine. <laughs> Waking Ned Divine. Which, if you ask anybody on the street what the most Irish movie that has ever been made was, it's oh, it's the one about those old people on the island who win the lottery and one of dies and it's hilarious and it's like none of the money for that movie came from ireland that is a british movie through and through that just also, happens to be set in ireland also that's not the right answer the most irish movie ever made is the quiet man let's let's fair, be, let's fair, be honest. Fair, fair. darby o'gill and the little people now um darby o'gill um i had a, i took a class in college called the green screen that was all about irish movies it was fucking great oh, yeah an irish professor and everything he did not show oh. us the quiet man <laughs> Show you no, he showed us the one with uh, what was the one with Richard Harris? The Field. Yes, movie's great, incredible. Which is very, very McDonough esque. It is yeah, very yeah. like again, like the Banshees of Inisherin is a very Irish story in many, many ways. I'm I'm excited about that. It doesn't hit theaters for like two weeks here, so but I'm I'm really excited for that. But yeah, Black Panther. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, Nick, are you can see that the first weekend, so we can talk about it on the fifteenth. Yeah, I'll go see it. That didn't sound honest. Okay, we'll try to we'll try to have a discussion on I the fifteenth. I, I also have not. I haven't watched much of Phase Four yet because I haven't seen. I don't uh, think you'll need to for this one. Yeah, I, I don't imagine it'll be difficult to follow. Yeah, I haven't seen Multiverse of Madness. I haven't seen the new Thor movie. Oh, those are all streaming. You can watch those. I know yeah. I can. I, and I also haven't. I just choose not to. I, 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 it's I a just, power move. Marvel's Marvel's. I just don't get excited about it. I, I will say like Black Black Panther I'm excited about because like I only own a few of the Marvel movies in my collection and Black Panther is one of them, uh, so I, yeah I'll definitely I'll probably go see it. Uh, but well, like, well, Black Panther it's, is it's the most those... impactful Marvel movie. Like if like regardless of like ignoring the fact that like Endgame grows more and all this sort of stuff. Like if you are arguing for cultural impact, Black Panther is oh, yeah. the Marvel movie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're also just I think they're the first Black Panther movie is so much more more well shot and the action's a lot yeah. better than pretty much the rest of them so yeah and i know and i i know you you quite liked multiverse of madness so i trust your opinion more than most careful <laughs> yeah attempting face um but i i did i actually really really yeah, really I enjoyed it. i think i think the only movie i've ever like severely disagree with you on is matrix resurrections <laughs> <laughs> I yeah i know i know right? i like i like the first i like the first half of it i hate the second half it's a rom-com that she somehow convinced warner brothers to give her like 120 to make i think it's i glorious. think the story behind the movie is more interesting than the movie itself <laughs> touche um, it is my mother's favorite matrix movie and that oh, means the world oh to me. that's nice I, my opinion on I the matrix doesn't matter because i like reloaded the best so <laughs> 
So, I, like, I, we all have our crosses to bear. <laughs> we do. I mean, <laughs> and just to shout out Resurrections for casting because a Chad Stileski as a Chad called Chad. as a Chad as a literal Chad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, other big movies in November uh, on the 18th is The Menu, which I'm really looking forward to. That's the uh, upcoming like uh, uh, yeah. Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Holt, uh, directed by Mark Mylod, who uh, directed a bunch of great episodes of Game of Thrones and Succession. Um, and it's a uh, it seems like it's a, like a dark comedy horror movie about this like super bougie like Michelin star restaurant out in the middle of nowhere that you need an invitation to go to. And then when they get there, things start going awry. And it seems like Ray Fiennes, who plays the chef, has some some dastardly plans. Uh, I think the trailer is really great. I've seen it a couple of times. And yeah, those those actors and everything. I've like, that's a fucking yeah. great cast. Yeah. When you, cast like that, yeah. When you get cast like that together, you're just cooking. Fucking, cooking with Jesus gas, fucking I hope my Internet goes out again. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one of the movies I'm most excited about, maybe the movie I'm most excited about for the rest of the year, just because I love Ryan Johnson so much, uh, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Story, which is being released in theaters in like large limited release on November 23rd, but then it's coming to Netflix a month later because it is a yeah. Netflix movie is part of Ryan Johnson's crazy Netflix deal. Um, it's just it's an it's a Knives Out. I don't even want to say a Knives Out sequel because it's just the, another story in, in Benoit Blanc's. Uh, a long career, incredible cast, uh, just fucking looks great. I love yeah, that. I feel like everybody who's seen it at festivals has been raving to me about it, and I've been like, yeah. well, screw you guys. I feel yeah. like when's yeah. Nick sending me to Cannes? <laughs> I feel like a nice that should be a, be a series on TV almost, like yeah, kind of like Only Murders in the Building. I mean, it's funny because that's almost that feels like that's what Poker Face is going to yeah. be. Yeah, um, yeah, so uh. Yeah, it's. I just think it's amazing that Netflix gave them hundreds of millions of dollars for these movies, which is great. Because I'm like, do one of them every few years for two of them, like, which is obscene. Like again, it's one of those things where it's like capitalism maybe doesn't work, but also I like Knives Out movies, so who am I to judge? Um, <laughs> what's this? One what's, or the other? What's this? The Fablemans. Uh, Fablemans oh, is the okay. Spielberg oh. movie. That's uh, that's probably a front runner right now for the Oscar, and that is Steven Spielberg's. Uh, in loosely fictionalized account of his own childhood of his own life yeah written by him and tony kushner um starring uh like paul dano uh looks looks incredible michelle williams is in there michelle williams well. yeah as his parents like ostensibly yeah. where's, the, uh, where's the marketing for these things like spielberg like all the big movie directors don't get any marketing anymore <laughs> i mean it's but like marketing, i don't know like i've seen a bunch of trailers for it before stuff i think uh, i'm imagining they'll make a push come this month but i don't know like where do you market this do you market this on like sunday football yeah i don't know it's, it seems like a <laughs> huh I mean, um, again, this is like the the real shame of the death of like blockbusters being everywhere like it used to be yeah. great that it was like in the summer you had blockbusters and you went to see blockbusters and that was great and then you went to like yeah Damn, blockbusters so everything away from blockbusters, blockbusters like, you can't talk shit about from blockbusters darren <laughs> blockbusters took everything away from us including darren mooney um I darren, think darren, maybe darren, I'm back. darren mooney went out just like blockbuster did yeah, yeah. Netflix, netflix came for you when you mentioned the name blockbuster yep. <laughs> yeah i mean they're making a sitcom about my life and times right now i'm um, excited for the show yeah it feels really passive aggressive that netflix like is not, making it not only did we kill you we're now going to turn you into an adorable <laughs> sitcom that will be mean to death yeah i've turned your body into a puppet <laughs> yeah it's I'm, I'm working the mouth yeah, yeah. Like, um yeah i think also i've seen a bunch of trailers for it but it's all been before movies 
at yeah, the theater. I, I haven't gone to the theaters you don't, in like a year. If so. you don't go to see movies in the theater, yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be tough. But uh, yeah, looks really good. Filmins uh, on the twenty third. A uh, bunch of other movies I want to mention shortly, but uh, December sixteenth, Big Jim comes back. Avatar: Way of Water. I am so fucking excited for Avatar. I've seen Avatar one once. I plan on rewatching it, but I just don't think I'm going to. And so I just want to go into Avatar: Way of Water blind and just have the best time. I want to flow with it, baby. I just absolutely want to flow with it. Every and who whoever's not betting on Big Jim is fucking dumb. They're as dumb as yeah. me putting all my money in the crab feeder, which was, think, which was <laughs> admittedly pretty dumb. Which was they, admittedly they, pretty dumb. And they still haven't like released a full trailer for Way of Water, have they? No, it's been kind of teased. I imagine it'll be before Black Panther. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Like, they got to show it like right at the premiere of Black Panther. Yeah, that's it seems that's Disney synergy right there. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's what's your temperature on Avatar, Darren? But also like I'm sorry, on the trailer for like that, it, it's. The thing with Avatar is that it doesn't really work in 2D. So releasing a trailer online is going to do next to nothing for it. Seeing that trailer on the big screen. Like, I remember when I can't remember what it was. What was the What was the last Marvel movie? It wasn't. uh, It was Love and Thunder, probably. Disney, like, brought us into a room and forced us to sit through the Avatar trailer three times. The Way of Water teaser three times. They were like, just so you guys know, you are watching this three times. We're going to make you watch it. We're gonna play it again. Then we're gonna give you a five-minute pause so you can think about it. And then we're gonna show you it a third time. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, there's a one-way mirror. Think and about Jim's it. Just on the other side of it. Yeah, just uh, start studying your reactions. Yeah, um, but like I, I'm very agnostic on Avatar. I think part of me kind of likes Avatar because it's a the seismic cultural event that it was while leaving no footprint. Nobody on the internet is going to kill anybody else over the course, over their opinion about Avatar. Nobody is going to, there aren't going to be fighting or, you know, arguments over the casting of the children of Sully's children in Avatar way of water. Mm. It's just a movie. Sully, lost- that's his name. <laughs> Jake Sully. <laughs> yeah. Jake Sully. Jake How could you forget Sully. the iconic character, Jake Sully, Very played by the iconic actor, Somebody else Sam has Worthington. A toy of him. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there, there is this weird online, co- not weird, that's not fair. I shouldn't say weird. There is this online culture around Navi where people like learn Navi as a language, but it's very insulated and it isn't part of wider pop culture. And I kind of, I admire Avatar being a movie that made like $200 million without me having to be subjected to discourse about it for like the next 20 years. Um, or at this stage, I guess, the next 13 years. So part of me is kind of like, I want the way of water to to succeed, if only so we can maybe go back to that, where it's like Big Jim comes out of retirement every couple of years, drops an Avatar movie, everybody goes see it, and then a month later, it's like, well, that happened, I guess. Um, yeah. Part of me kind of admires that. And also just like, it's, it's James Cameron. Uh, I will never not show up for a James Cameron movie. He is one of the best blockbuster directors who ever lived. Yep. I'm not a huge fan of Avatar, but I think that it's like when you watch it in 3D on a good screen, it is a technical marvel. Um, and yeah, I, I, I least, just... I'm, at least from Avatar, like I have no expectations for it. I'm just expecting a dumb, beautiful action movie, and I'm kind of fine with that for that franchise. Like, I don't know. I don't give a shit about any of the characters in those movies, so like I just... I'm, if it's fun to watch, that's all my expectation is where like, you know, a lot of the Disney or Star Wars stuff, like I want these deeper stories because I've gotten the fun and action of all the previous movies. So like, give me something yeah. new. So I don't, I don't know. Like I, 
I just I just want the movie to, to, to just to be a real nice thing for my eyeballs for three yeah. hours, yeah. Then, and then I'll never think about it again, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's 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 sometimes that's fine. We don't. Yeah, we, I mean, the, I the original the original Avatar is like one of those movies. If it's on TV and I start watching it, like I just turn my brain off and watch it. You know, it's. I don't know. I don't know. You've seen it more than I did because I've never even caught snippets of it. Really? Oh, I, I probably watched it like six or seven. Two thousand nine, whatever. Yeah, I haven't yeah, watched. It. I, I haven't in... watched it like the past. A le- I I don't think I've seen it in like seven or, or eight years at this point. But yeah, I'll definitely pick up the four K copy when it comes out. I want to see that on my TV. <laughs> the, the the original because they're they're really re-releasing it in four K. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I when I was in New York, because I'm a huge nerd, I went to the Lincoln Center IMAX to go see it. And I like I was really excited because it's like it's a movie to see in IMAX in 3D. And they announced at the start of the screening the 3D projector was broken. And I felt really disappointed. What am I doing here? And what even is the point of this? Yeah. Um, it's uh, going over a couple of Super Chats because one I want to bounce off of. ISVS Guru with five euros says I'm less excited for Avatar 2 than I am for ever watching Black Adam it's going to be better than black adam like it's clearly good avatar 2 is clearly going to be better than black adam there are strains of hepatitis that are better than black adam but anyway (laughs) uh and then uh john lee wobbly thank you so much uh for for the 5000 crc uh guys no one's watching movies or shows during the world cup chat brought this up and they're right so that is a legitimate thing is that the World Cup was moved to uh, the middle of November to the middle of December this year because it's in Qatar, which is hot as shit during the summer when the World Cup yeah. usually is. And so they're having it in the winter. That being said, it's in that gap where I think uh, Black Panther comes out a week before the World Cup and Avatar comes out the week after it ends. So it's fine. So just no one's going to watch Glass Onion in theaters. <laughs> yeah. yep, but that's it. Glass Onion is Thanksgiving, isn't it? Uh, what is? Thanksgiving is Glass Onion, isn't it? Again, onion. I don't it know is, but if everyone's watching the World Cup. Do Americans watch soccer? No, that's all. The other thing is, I don't. I. I okay. I, I, speaking for myself, I do not give a shit about soccer. And, I don't even know how it works. And I'm being very polite here. I'm calling it soccer. It's not football. football. Do Americans watch football? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watch football. <laughs> I, I'm excited for the World Cup. Who do you root for? Nobody. I just like watching it. I like watching all the guys <laughs> flop around. As a hockey, as a hockey player, it's very hard to watch soccer and not feel stupid. When they get <laughs> their toes stepped on, and I'm like, I literally the other night, I literally watched a guy, a kid on the Red Wings team, take a puck in the face, lose multiple teeth, and then he was out on the ice last night again. So like, when watching that soccer, seems bad. that seems like yeah, yeah. concussion protocol. Yeah, was, yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, he needed like 16 stitches in his face, but you know, he was back out on the ice like a champ. And soccer players get a little tap on that the shoulder. That sounds like it's like a chump. And their shoulder <laughs> pops out. Yeah, their I mean, shoulder pops. I, I feel kind of like the British might have a decent idea here where it's like, what if we play a game where we don't knock each other's teeth out? It's like, I agree to this. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a jolly good that's, idea. That's why they spend so much time on their hair. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, and just, and just 549 says you can support the U.S. Nick. I don't. I, you know, the U.S. in World are, Cup is not worth supporting. Are the U.S. Are the U.S. in the World Cup? I don't, I don't even know if they made it. Their way into it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, and Michael Poxon just let you, uh, says Americans do watch soccer. How dare you? I was just saying I, I want to make it very clear. <laughs> that, that I me, do not sorry. give a shit about soccer. Also, Americans don't give a shit about soccer on a whole. If you're comparing it to like the amount of people who watch football. But people like the World Cup because it's an excuse to like binge drink for a month. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that what <laughs> most what sport is? Yeah, isn't that, <laughs> like, what, yeah. isn't that what 
I, as I understand it, that's what baseball is, right? You, you yeah, go to a stadium, but, and in the in the parking lot, there are like beers and like food and stuff, right? But the thing about the World Cup yes, is because right. it's in Qatar, it's going to air in the morning and late at night in America, and so then you can drink when you wake up. Yeah, and, it's fine. It is literally five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, it's if, perfect. If I have to support a soccer team, I'll support the team I use in FIFA all the time, uh, Paris Saint Germain. Wait, the World Cup is countries, though, right? Is that what the World Cup is? So when did you say like, France? France? <laughs> support France. <laughs> just so if they lose, the riots go crazy again. <laughs> See, we, there we go. We just want whoever's going to riot the most <laughs> or least. I'm not, I'm not sure which amount. Uh, and then uh, the last movie I had bold just because uh, Damien Chazelle is one of my favorite uh, directors of the past 15 years is Babylon. That's a new movie by uh, Damien Chazelle. It comes out uh, December 23rd. Damien Chazelle's uh, previous three movies are all incredible. Whiplash, La La Land, and in First Man. I love all of them. Uh, this movie is about sort of like the golden age of Hollywood, uh, starring Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and a first time actor whose name I didn't write uh, down, who I forgot. Uh, but he is apparently the star of the movie. Toby Maguire is in it, too. Toby Maguire. <laughs> as I live and breathe, my little Spidey man. <laughs> I do um, love that. Yeah, that, that obviously No Way Home reinvigorated his love of, his love of acting and performing and probably money as well. I was about to say he was also like, Shit, <laughs> it's like, like a lot of money. Of, for... I spent so much of my money on your money again. <laughs> For, yeah. Yeah, his, his, uh, his in all these games. poker games yeah we're acting like a complete I was, asshole I was yeah. just gonna say yeah. but the one movie I feel like nobody's watched that he's in that he's excellent in is Brothers oh, I thought he was good in Brothers yeah that's way back when yeah yeah I like Brothers mm-hmm. um, that was the one with it, uh, oh this is John Singleton isn't it or am I missing yeah yeah. yeah it's a great movie um Oh, so a bunch before, of before we before we go on to one more thing, so we were talking about uh, movies that are like just super heavy on CGI. I want to know if you guys have seen it and if I should watch it because I think I can get it for like five bucks. Uh, Mortal Engines. I saw it in theaters. It was a fun theater watch because it was like big and pretty. That was one produced by Peter Jackson based mm-hmm. on some with the cities about, like, that literally cities swallow or, other cities. Yeah. yeah. I remember thinking that this is a good idea. I wish it were a good movie. A good movie. I think that was my takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to watch uh, big big cities walking around, check out Howl's Moving Castle. It's on HBO Max. Yes. And it's great. It's great. Little Hayao yeah. Miyazaki. That was the castle movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a castle movie. On its little chicken legs. It has yeah, it's little chicken legs. That's great. It's got yeah. witches. Christian Bale's in it. If you watch it in English, yeah. it's wonderful. Um, and he's and soaking that, wet. He says he's a wet he's boy. Always, he's always, he's absolutely, he's the wettest boy in that movie. And I don't know if that was like in his contract. It probably was in his contract because it's animated. Yeah. And he was a kid. Well, that that's Miyazaki's thing. He he's very into wet. But okay, we don't we don't we don't have time to get into this. No, we don't. But like, if you look at something like say Spirit Breaking Away, news. Yeah, Miyazaki, Miyazaki into wet boys. Into, into wet, wet boys. boys. I said white boys. Jesus. <laughs> uh, we also are going to have a bunch of great uh, Oscar films to watch throughout November, <laughs> December, and early in the year. Uh, we, we don't have to spend time on these, but uh, I think the ones who that are going to get a lot of traction are uh, she said which is uh, the uh, the account of the New York Times sort of reporting into Harvey Weinstein, starring Zoe Kazan and uh, Carrie Mulligan. Uh, Bones and All, which I'm really excited about, the new movie by Luca Guadagnino, who did uh, Suspiria. And, uh, this is um, the movie with about the cannibal without the cannibal. Cannibal this Romance. Is... Yeah, yeah, Cannibal but... Romance with Timothy Chalamet. It's like, it's it's, like it's, Badlands, it's... but with cannibals. It's the reteaming of the um, was it the um, call me by your name? Call, call me by your name, gang. Without the one who had the cannibal scandal yeah. about cannibalism, which is yeah, you know, I, kind of incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. Um, 
the sun is the new movie by Florian Zeller, uh, Women Talking, uh, Empire Light, The Whale, which has gotten a lot of uh, attention. That's Brendan Fraser's sort of uh, big, big uh, comeback. comeback. Yeah, yeah, directed by Darren Aronofsky, who... I, I love, despite hating some of his movies. I just, I, I have to, I have to love it. He like made the fountain, which was one of my favorite things ever, and so I could never not love him. I, I love, like, again, that people point this out, but like, the whale has like shown in festivals. There are reviews out there and all this sort of stuff. They have not released a trailer yet, and, and somebody no. on Twitter pointed out that they are like they are waiting with bated breath for what happens when social media. Because it's going to be memed to high hell. Because because <laughs> yeah. Brendan Brendan Fraser it plays the true story of someone who's just morbidly obese. So his character yeah. with prosthetics is something like eight nine. It was like seven eight nine hundred pounds. Something yeah something like that. Uh, and so they they think as soon as people see that, it's just going to. <laughs> they say what you see in the theaters it's really emotional but when taken as a meme it kind of yeah, yeah I, I can see what's happening there worryingly turns into the final scene of dodgeball with ben stiller um, <laughs> yeah yeah uh joe from um, austin harris too but i am i'm looking forward to it i mean aronofsky's one of those guys who i don't always love his movies but i love that he gets to make them if that makes sense it's like yeah. i love that i love that there is a place in hollywood for somebody who makes movies that are that odd that paramount was like you know what we're going to give you $80 million to make Noah. And somehow yeah. that movie makes $300 million worldwide. Yeah. yeah. Um, like that is incredible to me. More of that. I want more yeah. of that. Uh, yeah. I just hope it's like more, more like a black swan. And uh, I, I, I had a full 180 on mother in theaters. I hated mother. And then on rewatch, I was like, all right, I don't think this is for me, but I, I, I get what you're doing and I appreciate it. Yeah, I like Mother. The thing with Mother is that it is very, very obvious. Once you figure out what it is, you're waiting for the movie to catch up. It's like I remember watching it and being 20 minutes. It's like, oh, this is exactly what the movie is. And then the movie just does that for another two hours. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's it. That's it. <laughs> yep. But I, yep. I, I I do kind of admire, again, the, the, the way in which he com he commits to the bit. There is yeah. like Mother never flinches. It never winks. It never like looks away from what it's doing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I wish... I wish I had that self-confidence doing something like that. Yeah. So there you go. He's going to be doing that with a whale now. They just can't <laughs> release a trailer ever. No trailers or stills ever. And uh, it'll be fine. Uh, and then uh, White Noise, which is Noah Baumbach's movie uh, based on the Don DeLillo novel uh, starring uh, Adam Driver. And uh, just seems seems really neat. I'm a big fan of that book. And that's coming up to Netflix at the end of the year. Um, yeah. So just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good stuff to be watching the next couple months. It's good. It's good. It's, it's it's fine. It's fine. We don't have dragons anymore, but it's fine. We'll we'll tide ourselves over with all this all the bullshit we've just been talking about. Aragon, um, the next Aragon, Aragon, Aragon. Before we uh, wrap up, we can talk about some of the stuff we've been watching. Uh, Darren and I have both been watching uh, Cabin of Curiosities, which is the eight part Guillermo del Toro sort of um, anthology series. Is his take on on Twilight Zone that's on Netflix right now. Uh, eight different movies from uh, eight different uh, pretty uh, well-known and beloved uh, horror directors. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, we, we were talking about this beforehand. I think there's a couple that are like absolute top tier for me. And then uh, a couple that are fine. And then a couple that I'm like, man, I really wasted my time with these. Uh, what, they're uh, what, only what, an hour long. They're only, they're only an hour long. Yeah. What what has stood out to you so far of the, the five you've watched, Darren? 
Well, I cheated. So I basically like waited until it was all out and waited until people had opinions and also the, the ones from the filmmakers who I liked were there. So I've seen five of them. I'm going to work my way through the remaining three, but there's no real impetus. The problem with doing the good ones at the start means that you get less excited about watching the ones at the end. Yeah. Um, but I did. I watched uh, The Autopsy. Uh, it's probably my favorite of the set. The David Pryor one, the guy who directed mm-hmm. The Empty Man, starring F. Murray Abraham. As the title implies, it is about an autopsy. The terrible, horrifying things happen. It is fantastic. I had a really great time with it. I think your favorite um, and my second favorite is probably The Viewing. Yes. The Panos uh, Cosmatos. uh, Yeah, yeah. A short film, which is like seven people in a room doing space cocaine. uh, Literally doing space cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Panos, that's the uh, the the writer. The Mandy uh, and and Beyond the Black Rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just an absolute like it's. I wouldn't even call it horror. Like, well, I guess like at the end it comes hey. becomes kind of horror, but it's to me to me just like a wonderful vibe. Like his his yeah. uh, his ability to to create a visual and audio um, sort of like landscape that that uh, has this otherworldly late sixties early seventies tone to it is um, unparalleled and an amazing cast that like yeah. like Peter Weller delivering monologues, Eric Andre playing sort of off character, but then getting someone like the biggest laughs. I've, I've yeah. had this year um, just really great stuff Sophia Patella delivering like a monologue a strangely moving monologue about Colonel Gaddafi I'm yeah like, <laughs> I was like what <laughs> the thing the thing that I love about the viewing and it kind of taps to like I like this anthology series I love that I also love that like at the start of it like Guillermo del Toro just walks out like he's Rod Sterling like yeah. the camera does the camera never finds him it's not like Night Gallery where he's just lurking and waiting for you he yeah. walks out of the darkness and he's like hello uh, yeah. and he gives you like a little short story and he gives a little statue of the director which mm-hmm. I love as well um, but like I think one of my big issues with the anthology so far is that while there are elements of like the best ones that I've watched that stand out and are very much of the directors that they're doing. Like I really like the murmuring and that is yeah, very that much. Third favorite. Yeah. yeah. That is, that is also my third favorite. That's very much a Jennifer Kent story through mm-hmm. and through. It's also Guillermo del Toro because he wrote the short story. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we mentioned the autopsy is very David Pryor, but like the viewing is like more of what I want from the show where it doesn't look like any of the other episodes. It has a completely different texture. It has a completely different mood. It has a completely different soundscape. Uh, yeah. The way in which it's shot is fundamentally different from the others. And like, if you were to put these like eight movies in a lineup, you go seven of these are from the same show. And one of them is an alien imposter from out of space. <laughs> and part of me is like, there should be at least one more like that. There should be, yeah. you know, if you're doing an anthology, you should be able to kind of like break and bend and kind of pull um, and kind of just have this kind of experimental vibe. Like the viewing is just, it's a mood. And like, yeah. I, I don't like Cosmatos as much as most people. Like Mandy is a movie I can take or leave. I think I like the second half a lot better than I like the first half. And I think that the viewing kind of works for me because it's only an hour long, which is yeah. precisely the right amount of time for me to spend in that kind of mindset yeah if it would have been like oh okay the thing happens and now here's another 45 minutes i would have been like oh, yeah. do we have to but the thing happens and the movie ends and i'm like yeah great it's great yeah. it's wonderful yeah um and then otherwise the other ones that i've seen are lot 36 which is the first one which is um tim blake nelson mm-hmm. which is fine it's very much it's a twilight zone episode is what it is basically um, and then the other one I've seen is the is a Picker's model, which is the like very direct Lovecraft adaptation, yeah, that's the, which is yeah, also yeah. fine, which is Crispin yeah. Glover. Like find somebody who loves you as much as Crispin Glover loves doing a New England accent, um, 
which is like an aspiration. Was it a New England accent? I thought it was like a butchery of an Irish accent. I thought, but again, it's, it's, I thought he was going for Boston, which is again very, which is a butchering of an Irish yeah, accent. But yeah. no, but no offense to anybody listening from Boston, but like the Boston accent is derived from the Irish accent. Yeah. yeah so you have you have when he it was would doing have been like his, Boston a hundred years ago, which would have been yeah. even more derived. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like like he he watched he watched like he watched Gangs of New York and he's like I got it I got this. No, no, Daniel no, Day Lewis, yeah, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis, like I I got this. Uh, um, did did you watch the Outside, the uh, Anna Lily Amapore one about the uh, the the skincare routine that goes awry? With uh, Katie Mikuchi is okay. Yeah, is um, I yeah. have not watched that. Okay, that is probably my least favorite, but it is the one that is most visually and tonally different like the view oh, okay okay so uh, maybe you will have a second one that really stands out uh it was my least favorite of them though <laughs> okay i should um, qualify then i wanted to stand out and also be good that's the <laughs> it that's needs to be a twofer yeah it's like it's like when nick holds his monkey paw and says i want a beloved property to get a disease yeah. streaming series and it's like okay aragorn 10 part yeah. prestige aragorn <laughs> series. uh yeah so i think uh darren and i agree if you only have time for uh like two of the episodes uh in the series check out uh episode three the autopsy which is great and episode seven the viewing those are probably our two uh our two and and the murmuring would be quite close and the murmuring yeah if you like especially if you like like the babadook that's who jennifer Mm. the babadook and it's even starring what's uh the uh and and andrew lincoln who looks like a really subdued performance like yeah when andrew lincoln like isn't in the walking dead i just think like is that tony goldwyn like that's the only way I can tell these two men apart. One of them is in The Walking Dead, so I get yeah. very confused. Yeah, <laughs> he's also apparently now a renowned bird watcher, which is nice. In real life? So, no, I don't know. He, his character was. It seemed like. Oh maybe yeah, okay, okay, okay. Maybe he's going to be a bird watcher now. <laughs> uh, Nick, are you going to check any of these out? You should check the two out. We we were. Yeah, yeah, it's on my list to check those out. I was I was wrapping okay. up uh, the Midnight Club this past week, which mm, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was. Okay. That's how I felt about it. It, it yeah, it just didn't it just didn't do a whole lot for me and like there there's definitely like the uh Anya's story is sad and like I liked how that wrapped it up. I, I kind of like 180 on her because I was saying like I didn't like her at all at the start, but I, I thought you I thought you would honestly. Yeah, by um, end, but yeah. So yeah, her her story is pretty nice and all that, but like the, the other characters are just kind of there and also like all the all the stories they do, like the tone and maybe not the tone but like just the the varying change of style i just didn't i don't know the show didn't feel coherent to me like it just or cohesive uh it just kind of felt all over the place and like the ideas and everything and i know like each one was like their own personal you know take on their their horror stuff or whatever but i don't, I don't know it just yeah none of, none of the scares were that good and like i thought the the one with like the the car ride just drug on for way too long Oh, I like that one. It, it's but it, again, the things I liked were I liked the little short stories in them, like the yeah, overall I, arch. I, story, I, I like the yeah, I like the mystery of like the house and everything. Like that was okay. Like, like what was going I on liked. in the basement and yeah. what happened a couple generations before. Yeah, yeah. but I, and I was kind of hoping like it was going to go more Mike Flanagan, getting a little bit more scary and all that. Having not read the book, I didn't know what to expect. But yeah, uh, yeah, just I, uh, just House of Usher. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, yeah, Jason Tudor. So it is Mike Flanagan production, but it is not. Uh, he, he didn't do the entire thing like he did. He's not the, the head director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like, is annoying uh, that they like sold it on him, though. 
Yeah, but that's uh, how you get something well, I mean, made. No, I know, I know that. Yeah. I just it. I think it's. And I do uh, think, yeah, Jumbly. I think it is Flanagan adjacent. I think you could see his yeah. influence on it and everything, but it's just, yeah, he's he's the next full on Mike Flanagan thing is Fall of the House of Usher, which should yeah. be, yeah, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, so yeah. my killer cast. Give, yep. give me some of that Poe. Yeah. Um, Heck yeah. Darren says to everybody running the Star well, Wars, and project. you and you also know like they couldn't. I'm, I feel like they had had a hard time selling them in that club because even like the trailer that plays for it on Netflix. Is showing off like all of his other work alongside the men. Yeah, play. yeah, yeah. It's really, really trying to to bank so, off that. Which, yeah, they should, yeah, I understand. They lowered the ex- They should have kept the expectation and checked for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't disagree with you there, uh, Darren. You check out anything else? You got a couple other movies on here. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about the Wonder, which I quite enjoyed, and is arriving on Netflix at some point. The Good Nurse, uh, which is on Netflix this weekend, I had a, quite a good time with. Again, '90s serial killer esque kind of stuff going on. Uh, good performances. Eddie Redmayne from the director of the guy who did that. Um, what did he do? He did that kind of um, hostage crisis Danish movie, Tobias, Tobias Lindholm, I think it is. Um, quite enjoyed it. Very low key. Uh, very intense. Good time, uh, Darren says. This movie about a serial killing nurse um, who was allowed <laughs> produced to... by Darren Aronofsky. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I would also shout out. I saw Pearl, um, which I had a really, really great time with. Uh, X is one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Um, so Pearl is obviously the prequel to that, and just uh, had quite a good time with it. Again, it it feels very much like it's a ancillary project. I believe that it was written by Ty West and Mia Goth while they were working on X. And it very much kind of feels like this is a let's spend more time in this universe with this character kind of project as opposed to its own thing. But I had a really, really good time with it. It it looks gorgeous. Uh, it's recreation of like 1930s Technicolor cinematography is fantastic. It's great to see a slasher movie that looks like The Wizard of Oz or Gone yeah. with the Wind. Yeah. Um, and it, which is kind of playful and fun. And it kind of, again, furthers the themes of X, which is this idea of, you know, reality and mediated reality, film, television, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had a really good time and will hardly recommend yeah. that. Mia, Mia Goth is incredible in, in, uh, in especially in this yeah. movie, but in both of them. Yeah. yeah and there's in a third both. movie, right? Maxine. That's Maxine, which is coming out next year, which again, yeah. like, I kind of like I'm in, in I'm envious of Ty West's work ethic where it's like I'm making one horror movie might as well make three and I'm like yeah I, I have difficulty getting up in the morning and I, yeah I feel like I'm not productive um, yeah Jum- but uh, and then I also rewatched Elvis uh, which was good as well um Jumbly. Baz Luhrmann yeah. Jumbly asked how big my list is uh, I've got Shantarum to watch on Apple Plus I haven't gotten to do that that's a new Charlie Hunnan show I've got Barbarian I just got my copy of Top Gun Maverick I haven't seen that yet <laughs> I've got those the Marvel. I haven't even seen the original Top Gun yet. And you can skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you can skip that one in my mind. Uh, you probably absorb most of it by cultural osmosis. Yeah, I've got an uh I've got whatchamacallit uh I love that Nick actually has a list he's checking. I love, this is actual proper work. I, oh, I have, I a, list, I have, oh, a, list, I have a list. I have a list on my phone yeah, I've got, that is like I've got a thousand edge, edge runners, the tales of the Jedi, like it's just, it's just too much stuff. Hey, you know what should be at the top of your list? Uh, Andor. It is. I'm watching it today. Don't watch it today. Watch it Monday. I watch it tomorrow. Uh, I don't forget things, Marty. You forget things. I don't forget things. Yeah, but at least I... Why haven't you watched Andor again? (laughs) I was busy. You weren't busy. There was a 40-minute span where you were doing something stupid. Nuh-uh. That's... that's, I I was not not spending 40 minutes on the next D's Nuts joke. Don't worry about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you're like crafting. You're crafting the perfect. Yeah, I've, got a, I've got a board behind me, like yeah. trying. Can I use? Nope, that word doesn't work. Does this word work? Yes, that works. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to see how these nuts and bolts come together. See the, the, oh my god. <laughs> The uh, the problem the problem is hockey's back and so when hockey's on I lose three hours of my day almost every other day. We'll play switch games. While and 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 I'm blaming yeah I'm blaming you I yeah I'm blaming you for Marvel Snap. I can't stop playing it. I hate you. <laughs> you can watch things while playing Marvel I, Snap. I finished, watch Andor while playing I finished Marvel. all no I finished all the season pass already. Yeah, it's it's, it's a problem. Darren, you a, should play Marvel Snap. You should you know what Marvel, Marvel Snap is. is. Listening to Nick talk about it like you introduced him to meth doesn't inspire yeah, me. Yeah, a lot of people have told me. Than meth. I, I did yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. It's better than meth. It's like I, mixing I, meth and heroin together. No, it's it's the it's the viewing cocaine. It's space cocaine. <laughs> yes. But with all your favorite Marvel characters. Maybe that's what you guys are actually selling on Pulsar Lost Colony is biscuits with I love that I just talked about how unproductive I feel. And it's like, you know what will really kill your productivity? Yeah. Oh no, it's great! Marvel it's Snap, great. it's great. It's, it's a little free. card game. Yeah. All these, there's like Devil Dino. I didn't know that was a man. Devil like, Dino is amazing. There's yeah, like yeah. Hellcow. There's a man named Hellcow. Did you yeah. know about that man? I don't know about. I've never heard about Hellcow, but Devil Dinosaur yeah, is my guy. He's in. Um, he's in the game. Now you have to play it. Yeah. I I have my. Where's my Jack Kirby Devil Dinosaur here? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> get my extreme nerd on. Um, no, but yeah, love, how many, love how many comics do you think you have in your library? Do I even want to know? Uh, a lot. Like a million. No, no, not a million, not a million. Jesus, no. Ten thousand. We're talking. No, no, we're talking maybe a thousand, a thousand five hundred-ish, maybe. Um, I wonder who has more, him or John Frischer, because John, our managing editor, goes once a month to go buy comics. Yeah, I don't know how. Where does he uh, store them? Like that. That my big issue here is storage. I can't have the reason why they're facing outwards is not because I'm showing off. It's also because I'm showing off. But it's because I can't fit any more in the way the books should fit in shelves. Got to break looks, down a wall and start another room. I'll annoy my neighbor's house. Yeah, just like I, I need to store these shit, these things here. I'll pay you twenty bucks a month on rent. I'm, I'm sorry, your I'm sorry, your kid appeared to be sleeping in this room, but now it's my second library. Um, <laughs> now I live here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's great. Um, I think that that about wraps us up. Look at that, we finished under two hours. I'm proud of us. It's only an hour and forty minutes. We did great. Uh, oh, we had a couple last couple of super chats. Uh, Matthew Adkins with five dollars. Thank you so much. Said for Olympic hockey, uh, Nick always supports the Detroit Red Wings. I'm sure there's many Red Wings on the American team. And uh, SVS Guru with a five euro dono. Thank you so much. Says I don't even know what a quarterback or linebacker is. You know what? That's fine. It's fine not to know things. That's the thing. Like I don't know shit about soccer, but I think it's fine. Darren's like, thinking uh, really hard how he can pun this. I saw it. No, I, I saw your eye twitch. <laughs> no, for some reason, like, is it? Oh, it's Casey Rybecker. That's who I'm thinking of. When you said like Casey, who I don't Casey Rybecker, isn't he like he's an Arnold Schwarzenegger character? If I remember correctly, from what Casey Casey Rye? Oh, it's Casey Ryback. Sorry. Oh, he's the chef from Under Siege. You don't know who Casey Ryback is? He's Steven Seagal from Under Siege. Sorry, and just when you said linebacker, my mind went to Casey oh. linebacker. I feel Casey like you're right might be okay. Every one of your jumps so far is one jump, and that was just an insane like several jumps. We couldn't follow you there. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I couldn't follow myself. I, I landed and I was like, wait, what happened? Um, how did I get here? What is this? Uh truly, truly bizarre. Uh 
guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Darren, where can folks find you? What should folks check out? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Darren underscore Mooney. Um, so you can come talk to me about movies there while that still exists as an infrastructure that can be used by regular people. Uh, I'm also obviously uh, at the site as well. Um, I publish a couple of articles every week in the frame, Monday and Friday, talking about pop culture. Uh, I'm covering Andor Weekly, uh, which is great fun. I'm actually really, really enjoying that. My workload it's nice has to only cover one show weekly and not five. Now he's yeah, cover, I mean, my- now he's going to cover that new Emily Blunt Western. Yeah, my, but he my, said he only has to write about it once. Well, now he yeah. needs more work to do, so he can do it all the time. Don't do that. Okay. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Quite enjoying like having free time to like yeah. talk to people and enjoy and breathe air and be outside. I'm quite enjoying that yeah. liberty. Um, you can open up window yeah. while you keep working on it. And somebody will walk by watch, and you can say hello. <laughs> I got to watch five episodes of Cabinet of Curiosity just because I wanted to this week. It was great. Um, yeah, that's incredible. And I'm also obviously doing uh, videos as well, video reviews. Uh, recently did one for Lower Decks. Somebody on the chat was complaining that we don't do enough Lower Decks coverage. Um, I made Omar edit a seven-minute video, which I am still sorry for Omar, about Lower Decks. Uh, but I think it turned out really well. Um, also in The Frame, which releases every second week. And I think Nick is possibly looking at bringing back archival ones to fill the gap uh, as well. So you can check those out on Mondays uh, on the YouTube channel. I'm very proud of that. Again, do that with Omar Med. Fantastic. Uh, all the good stuff is him and everything else is me, is how I describe the breakdown of labor on those projects. <laughs> Perfect. I put links in the in to book for both of those in the chat. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, my handle, obviously. Uh, I will not be doing uh, Neo today for the Editor's Hour, because Marty and I are going to be back tonight again for another spooky Editor's Hour stream, because we only did one game for October because of the transition, so we're going to do one more. Uh, so I'll be playing Devotion tonight, which is that game that China tried to have banned. Didn't work. Now it's on their website. I bought it. We're going to check it out. I've heard it's quite scary. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Fuck uh, it, China. So if you want to see a game. That, that seems like a terrible thing to say. Marty's going to disappear between. Yeah. Yep. Marty's going to disappear. <laughs> you might need another host for 7 o'clock. Yes, yeah. if you are a uh, bonus content subscriber or above, we'll be doing the quarterly update this weekend for quarter three and technically quarter four because we got pushed back a month because of the transition. Uh, so lots of stuff to talk about. And also if you are uh, not a background patron yet and want one of these postcards, you should totally join up because they're really nice. They even have like bezel text on them. Uh, and these bezel. Are, these are the postcards going up for our $15 tier. We send out one of these once a quarter. So they'll be getting those in the mail pretty soon. Damn. And then uh, we have a lot of stuff coming up for uh, our Escapist Labs initiative, including a new pilot from Frost and also the pilot of Weepshit is in, like being edited now. Hey, hey, hey. Na, 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 na. That's the like exciting yeah. song that Weepshit's coming. Just under, we are $1,000 away now from completing our goal for Adventures Night Season 3 in person, so time to start booking those flights probably. Because we will definitely okay. hit that by at least next week. Yes, I think you guys should absolutely start booking those flights because flights are very expensive, except for yes. people, uh, especially for people like Amy. <laughs> that is a very long flight. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, perfect. Yeah, and then you can just check out, read, read all sorts of good stuff on the website. Uh, watch, watch all of our videos. Check out all of our streams. We'll be back uh, tomorrow for a breakout. Uh, Thursday for uh, uh, Metal Gear and more uh, Jedi Outcast. Friday for Willow. Uh, Adventures and I uh, side quest episode three is going to go up for members on on Saturday and it is ba- has just a batshit crazy finale so I'm very excited for all that so uh, thank you all so much for, for hanging out and for donating and for being great 
Uh, so for Darren and Nick, this was Marty. This was recap episode number 11 for November 1st. And uh, we'll see you all five hours from now for devotion. Yep. Bye, everybody. See you tonight. Bye. Bye.